0: The meeting of the Broward County Commission is about to begin. Will all audience members please silence your cell phones. For those viewing from home or on mobile devices, thank you for watching. To stay informed about Broward County government, please visit Broward.org or follow us on social media. County Commission meetings are open to the public. Members of the public wishing to be heard on any agenda item can register one of two ways. Visit registertospeak.broward.org and fill out the online registration form, or scan the QR code posted in various locations inside and just outside the commission chambers to register on your mobile device. A registration form must be completed for each item you wish to speak on. If you have trouble registering digitally, visit county administration on the fourth floor for assistance. All speakers must appear in person. No further speaker signups will be accepted after an item has been called. Please show respect for others and refrain from making impertinent, slanderous remarks or personal attacks. Boisterous behavior, including applause, booing, and cheering, is not permitted. Thank you for joining us. The meeting will begin shortly.
1: Okay. I think we're center rich.
2: There he is.
1: You ready? Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, the audience, would you take your seats, please? That would be great. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back from our summer break. Everybody happy? Relaxed? Excited. Excited. That's right, Commissioner. All right. We're going to call the order of the Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting this Tuesday, August the 22nd, 2023, all about 10.08 a.m. We ask that you please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by the moment of silence we'll talk about. And the leading the pledge today, we have, I think, six employees that are celebrating 35 years with us. Is that correct? I hear it. 35 years? Yes. So you all, and, and all, all together, are going to lease in the pledge. How's that? You're going to listen in the pledge? Do you remember the pledge? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. I pledge, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under
3: God, indivisible, with
2: liberty and justice
1: for all. Please remain standing. It's uh, customary that we have a moment of silence. And ladies and gentlemen, um, from the dais, anybody have anyone they wish to remember? And I'll begin with Commissioner Rogers. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. On June 9, June
2: 18, Edward Dock,
4: President, former president. Microphone. Well, I'll start over. June 18, Edward Doxiverlip, former podiatrist and president of Plantation Acres, HOA, passed. July 24, he was 101 years old, Mr. Mun- from Munford Point Marine George Johnson, Corporal George Johnson, one of the last living Munford Point Marines, on February 6, 2023. I had the honor of presenting Corporal Johnson a proclamation from Broward County Board of Commissioners. You remember that. So I'm glad we were able to do that. Also, Alex Collins, South Plantation High School class of 2013, graduate and former NFL player footballer, was killed on a motorcycle in the city of Lauderdale Lakes. May their souls rest in peace. Thank you, colleagues. Thank you,
5: Senator Geller. Thank you, sir. Florida is unfortunately very familiar with people dying from natural disasters. So, we just ask that we keep the uh, memory and thoughts of people in Hawaii in our minds now and do what
1: we can to assist them. Thank you, Senator.
6: The city of Tamarack lost former Mayor Harry Dressler. Hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he lost his battle with cancer. He was mayor of Tamarack from 06 to 14, um, a lot of character, an interesting fellow, and a a good friend. He was very involved with the League of Cities, uh, served Tamarack well, and uh, to Faith and his family, we send our condolences and our prayers.
7: Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. I'd like to uh, mention a gentleman up from Margate by the name of Norm or Norman Grad. Who was such a great activist out of Margate, and really spent years, and decades, trying to improve his community and
1: help others, and uh, just wanted to keep his family in our prayers. Just want to end up with, uh, gentlemen Chuck McLaughlin out of Lighthouse Point, a true veteran, a true hero, who spent his days helping other veterans uh, get their benefits and what he did. He was just he was the city of Lighthouse Point. Uh, Honorable Mayor, uh, so will miss Chuck, and, and prayers for his family as well. I'd also like to honor the men, brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our forces here and abroad and thank them for their service. And also I want to add all of our first responders, all of our police and fire, who daily uh, risk their lives for us and save our lives. So a moment of silence, please. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, today's music was brought by our own commissioner, Bean Fur. The first was Heat Wave by Martha Rees and the Vandells. Is that correct? And then Follow Your Bliss by the B-52s. So we appreciate you on that. And today we also honored to have our employee recognitions. I'm going to ask Ms. Sapiro if she'll join me at the podium down here and followed by three proclamations at that point. So we'll start with our employee recognitions, Ms. Sapiro.
2: Good morning, everyone. It's a great way to
8: come back from uh, the, the board summer recess and to be able to recognize and uh, celebrate um, the many years of service of, of our dedicated employees. So, I'm going to start um, with 20, recognizing 20 years of service, um, and we're going to start off with Richard Welch. Excellent. Congratulations. Absolutely. Hi. So I'm wondering if there are a lot of people at the airport taking care of our passengers. It seems like we've got most of our staff over here. Um, we'll move over to FASD, Records, Taxes, and Treasury. We're going to recognize Myra Martinez. services from elderly and veterans, Owen Walker. Stay in that same department and same division, and we'll ask Cassandra Canty to come join us. Now from Port Everglades, Robert Cantor. From the Office of Public Communications, our call center, Maribel Enriquez. Rounding out our 20-year recognitions. For also from OPC and in the call center, Ira Lockhart Charles. to uh, now start recognizing 25 our employees with 25 years of uh, service with Broward County also from Office of Public Communications Raymond Canals from our libraries, Joan Martin. Oh, thank you, yeah. absolutely. Check to see if Miss Shayla Thomas is here from Parks and Recreation. No? Okay. I had here as a possible yes. All right. Also from uh, Parks, Brian Kirchner. there I think there's someone from uh, Port Everglades here today that might also be um, celebrating a special day is Tony Capois here oh, okay what well, was his birthday but you know I had here as a special highlight so we'll see you want to... all right he got stuck with one of the maybe he's on a cruise or something today all right all right so from Port Everglades who will recognize Donna Young
1: Thank you.
2: All
8: right, from Transit, Carlos Echeverry. Staying in transit. Rod Tubergan. Must have been a a big wave at transit. We've got another uh, 25-year employee we're going to celebrate today, Charles Williams. All right, next we're gonna to move to our 30-year recognitions. We're gonna go back to aviation, so I'm sure we'll have a nice warm welcome for James Jackson. We're going to go now over to libraries and we're going to welcome Thomas Fischlschweiger. over to Parks and Recreation and celebrate Timothy Brooks for 30 years. Stay with Parks and Recreation and welcome Mitchell Brown. talk about that later on so (laughs) So we're going to switch over to public works highway bridge maintenance and ask Jeffrey Sweeting to join us up here the last of our 30-year recognitions and then we go on to the 35 we're going to welcome Lena Kulikowski and Lena is from transit You. and now we've got uh, six employees with 35 years of service that we're going to recognize today we'll start off in FASI and records taxes and Treasury Mary Darby
4: The last
1: one, So, all the commission come down, please. Come on down. This is Mary's request. You
5: know what she does? Yeah,
1: she puts our
9: agendas
1: together. Right? We had a conversation. Come on back here. Come on back here.
8: also from FAZI's Records, Taxes, and Treasury, let's welcome Isilda Lawrence. to Human Services Elderly and Veterans, Daniel Rowe. continue on with the celebrations, we're going to ask from Parks and Recreation, Andrew Nance to come join us. We got one more from Parks, and then we'll round this out with uh, Public Works Uh, from Parks and Recreation, Ida Montgomery. Public Works and the Highway and Bridge Maintenance, Ellery Shepard. So there's one more that um, we called earlier but I believe he is now with us um, we'll have a special singing portion of yes. this presentation yes. for his birthday let's welcome Tony jo- Joaquin
1: He's 53 today.
8: <laughs> Is there anyone else here today that um, we may have not called on that you were expecting to be recognized today? Nope. Okay. Well, thank you, and thank you all for your service.
1: Okay. We'll let him cl- clean out. <laughs> Jackie o okay? Is my Jackie o okay? So appreciate those employees. Thank you so much. Okay, what a great day to be back, huh? Kick off with employee recognitions. Now we're going to have three proclamations. Our commissioners are going to have pre proclamations here. Okay, very good. I'm going to be honored to do the first one, followed by Commissioner and uh, Senator Geller, along with Commissioner Rogers. Um, My first one is Suicide Prevention Month. Barbara Markley is here, the co-chair of Gun Violence Prevention, League of Women Voters of Broward. She will join me at the podium. Barbara, please come forward. It says, whereas the month of September is nationally recognized as Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. More than 45,000 Americans die by suicide each year. In Florida, a person dies by suicide every two hours on the average. Suicides in Florida far outnumber homicides. Whereas suicide is a national epidemic, affecting the lives of 6,000 veterans each year, is a leading cause of death for first responders. Firearms are leading method of suicide in Florida and the most lethal method. Access to gun triples the risk of death. Whereas the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Children's Hospital Association, American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry have declared a national emergency in child mental health. Whereas suicide is the second leading cause of death for children, adolescents, and young adults from ages 10 to 24. Whereas it's critical to recognize the signs of depression that may lead the thoughts of suicide, including speaking about wanting to die, feelings of isolation or hopelessness, increased use of drugs or alcohol, and severe mood swings. Whereas it's critical to recognize the best methods to prevent suicide when a person is in crisis. Ask if the person is thinking of taking their life. Keep them safe and remove the access for lethal means such as poisons, Prescription drugs and firearms. Get them professional help. For help, dial 988, or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or text 741. 741. Whereas the League of Women Voters in Broward County has provided significant leadership in suicide prevention. Thank you. Through community education and creation for their Lock It Up, gun safety program. The Florida chapter of the american academy of pediatrics has provided significant leadership in suicide prevention through the community education and programming now therefore be proclaimed by the board of county commissioners that the board hereby designates september 2023 as suicide prevention awareness month here in broward county and enthusiastically supports the mission of lock it up and the league of women voters of broward county gun safety committee as well as the florida chapter of the american academy of pediatrics by encouraging Safe storage of firearms and removal of other lethal means to prevent suicide. Barbara, it's my honor to, on behalf of the commission, to present this to you. Thank you so much. Welcome.
10: I'd like to thank the mayor and the entire commission for this proclamation and for recognizing Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. It's really important with 45,000 people taking their life every year and half of them use a firearm which is the most lethal um, method. The one thing I want to say is that um, suicide is really preventable. It's very impulsive and if you recognize the signs of depression and you remove the means Um, you can prevent suicide. 9 out of 10 people who attempt suicide never try again. So it really is a permanent solution to a temporary crisis, and it, um, it can be prevented. All that grief and heartache can be prevented. I have brought free gun locks for anyone who wants one. Also, anyone can have a gun lock mailed to their house by emailing Gloria.Lewis, L E W I S, at V A.Gov, and you will get a free gun lock mail to your house. It's really important to lock up guns, and um, I thank you again. And anyone who wants gun lock, I have them today. Picture to commission. Sure. Yeah, yeah fix- I'm fix pictures. Gun sure. locks for everybody. Okay. <laughs>
1: Now, I'm going to ask on behalf of the Museum of Discovery and Science Day, uh, Senator Geller, would you please come down and recognize who is going to be joining you here this morning? Thank you.
5: Thank you. And this morning, we'll be making a presentation to the Museum of Discovery and Science. And I'd like to ask Joe Cox, the President and CEO of the Museum of Discovery and Science to come up along with Rick Burgess, the board chair of the Museum of Discovery and Science. And finally, is Phil Dunlap still here? I'd like to ask Phil Dunlap, the cultural council director, to join me. And let me read now the proclamation. Whereas the Museum of Discovery and Science stands as a beacon of knowledge exploration, and inspiration, enriching our community through its commitment to science, education, innovation, exploration, discovery, and cultural enrichment. And whereas the Institute of Museum and Library Services, recognizing excellent excellence and in innovation in the field, has bestowed upon the Museum of Discovery and Science, the prestigious 2023 National Medal for Museum Service for its outstanding contributions to the advancement of learning and culture. And whereas, the Museum of Discovery and Science was honored during a White House ceremony on July 17th. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden presented the museum with the Institute of Museum and Library Services, referred to as IMLS, 2023 National Medal, along with IMLS Director Crosby Kemper, and whereas, The Museum of Discovery and Science was one of only four museums nationwide that were honored for excellence in their communities. The Fort Lauderdale-based museum is one of Broward's major cultural organizations and is also a Broward Cultural Division grant recipient. And whereas, the Museum of Discovery and Science has demonstrated its remarkable ability to foster a deep understanding of discovery through inquiry-based learning experiences. Inclusivity, in which equity and access are vital to success. Collaboration, in pursuit of mission-based public and private partnerships. Creativity, where inspiration and innovation take flight. Education, as an inspirational force for informal science. And visitor-focused, fostering a warm and welcoming atmosphere with layers of learning and whereas in furthering its commitment to community engagement, the Museum of Discovery and Science has amplified its impact by unveiling its new Discovery Spot Gallery that features themes representing iconic Florida environments and experiences from ocean to air and the Everglades to the Citrus Grove, an exhibit that encourages risk-taking and develops confidence and efficacy for early learners ages up to six years old old, and their families. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates August 22, 2023 as Museum of Discovery and Science Day in Broward County.
3: Um, On
6: behalf of the museum's staff, board, volunteers, thank you to the entire uh, County Commission. This is a real honor. The museum's been in town for 46 years, serving our community as your science museum, your children's museum. Over 15 million people have visited the museum since we opened, and the County Commission, the Broad Cultural Division, have been a partner of ours for as long as we can have existed. So, on behalf of all of the future paleontologists, resiliency experts, uh, marine biologists, and just lovers of science, thank you. This really means a lot. Thank you.
5: Thank you. If I can ask you to come up. And by the way, if you haven't been to the museum, you really need to go there.
1: Okay, last but definitely not least uh, is our National Black Business Month will be given by our own Commissioner Rogers. And I think there are three individuals here hopefully you can come forward. That's Mr. Roderick Harvey, Managing Partner of HCT Certified Public Accountants and Consultants. Uh, Joseph Lewis, Chief Executive Officer of Rockers Island Entertainment. And Ms. Gellin, who's Esquire President of Broward County Black Chamber of Commerce.
4: Thank you, Mr. Mayor, colleagues. And let me add to the list in representing the Broward County Black Chamber of Commerce, Edward Haynes. Can you the three organizations join me, please? <coughs> I am honored and proud to present the National Black Business Month proclamation to three awesome small businesses here. I, I one day I will stop saying small business and just know this mega business that have grown here in Broward County. Whereas the month of August has been designated as National Black Business Month, providing an opportunity to recognize, celebrate, and support the accomplishments and potential of black entrepreneurs and businesses, and whereas this month-long celebration encourages individuals organizations, and communities patronize and promote black-owned businesses, thereby fostering economic growth and empowerment and whereas the contributions and achievements of black owned businesses have immensely impacted the economic prosperity and cultural diversity of our nation. These businesses have played a pivotal role in fostering entrepreneurship, innovation, and job creation, benefiting not only the black community, not only the black community, but also the entire nation. And whereas, although black business owners as exhibited resilience, perseverance, and excellence, overcoming challenges and disparities throughout history, unprecedented challenges such as COVID-19, disproportionately affected them, leaving 58% of these businesses business owners vulnerable or in financial jeopardy and whereas the recent data confirms that there are over 3 million black owned businesses in the United States serving as vital engines of economic growth, job creation and community development and whereas black owned employers firm employ an impressive 1.3 million people reflecting the significant role these businesses play in job creation, economic mobility, and the empowerment of individuals and community which fosters inclusive economic opportunity, which is essential in advancing equity and social justice, promoting a more equitable distribution of wealth and bridging the economic gap that exists in our society. And whereas Broward County shines brightly as a hub for black-owned businesses boasting an impressive ratio of such businesses showcasing the county's commitment to fostering inclusive growth and economic opportunities for all. Now therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County Florida that the Board hereby designate the month of August as National Black Business Month in Broward County Florida and encourage all residents to celebrate, support, and promote black-owned businesses and recognize the extraordinary achievement, resilience, and contribution to black-owned businesses and entrepreneurs. So my challenge to everyone today, you have until the end of this month to support a black business. And the one that brings me the most receipt, that total, the highest number, guarantee you're going to have lunch or breakfast with County District 9 commissioner. So come on now, the challenges on support of black business, I thank you all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Edward Haynes. And
11: you have I for second. Harvey, first. Good morning to Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioner, City Manager, City Clerk. My name is Roderick Harvey. I want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. I want to say for me the entrepreneurial journey as a businessman, African-American businessman, started with my grandfather, who was the first African-American licensed master plumber here in Broward County. And he did a good job of raising his sons to both be master plumbers. And so although I am not a person who chases things, uh, I am an accountant. And so we continue to chase numbers. uh, But for us, it's very happy to have Broward County. I'm very happy to have Broward County uh, give this recognition and accept this recognition, not only for me, but also for my grandfather, my two uncles, and, of course, myself. So thank
12: you. Good morning. Uh, On behalf of the Broward County Chamber, I just want to say to the commission that we really appreciate you understanding the importance in Commissioner Rogers in terms of making sure that black businesses get properly recognized. As we know, the lifeblood of any community is commerce, and if it were not for commerce, none of us would be able to do what we're doing today. So I want to thank uh, Commissioner Rogers, Commissioner McKenzie, These are individuals that over the years that I have personally watched. When I came here as a Marine Corps recruiter back on Roadmark Boulevard, it was working with people like Commissioner Carlton Moore that helped me to realize the importance of giving back to the community. And now as Haines Security Services, we're engaged with Port Everglades and with the Fort Lauderdale Airport. None of these things would be possible without your support. Commissioner Rogers, again, thank you. And uh, Joseph Lewis here is also someone who has been an a individual, has done several things in the community. He's a little shy, so I just wanted to just chime him in. <laughs> but let you know, this is the largest, you have in your backyard the largest concert promoter. He does the largest concert, Caribbean concert, called the Best of the Best in North America. And he comes from right here in your backyard. So thank you each and every one of you for your support and everything that you do and continue to do. Thank you.
1: Yes, yes, Commissioner Rogers. I recognize
4: a board member that I appointed and I'm feeling so proud she's here, Janet Young. Okay, Uh, hello Miss Young, how are you?
1: Glad to have you. We have one more special presentation before we begin for our Tuesday morning memo and Commissioner Bogan would like to say a few words about a special individual. Well,
7: you know, all of you are special individuals, <laughs> but I, today I just wanted to wish uh, Wally, uh, my well, Wally. chief of staff, his birthdays today as well, so.
2: Hey.
1: All right, Wally. Right.
7: Wally's 58
1: <laughs> So that's the, magic, that's the magic number for birthdays today. Congratulations, no, Wally. Like
13: sure
2: Happy
1: yes. birthday, Wally. Thank you. Yes. Uh, sure. We make sure. We, you, Do you done, Commissioner? Uh, later. Yeah, we'll have we'll have Ron cut it in the back and and celebrate the cake the back, okay? Ron, cut in the back. Okay. Money you cut it back, of course. All right. Happy birthday, Ron. Thank you. Thank you for all your service, Century Gully. You have a comment?
5: Uh, no, just a brief recognition of someone. Uh, this is the first time that I recall. Shh. This is the first time that I recall that I have had two former Chiefs of Staff in the room at the same time, so I'd like to recognize Josh Freeman, my former Chief of Staff,
1: and Russ Clement, my former Chief of Staff. Oh, Russ, that was, uh, that was ages, ages ago, right? All, was that this Senator Gillard just had to do that to you, Russ. To to Russ <laughs> okay. Our reading clerk today is Ms. Regina Rivera. We're so glad to have you back. And you'll read the Tuesday morning memo
14: tuesday agenda memorandum the following are submitted for your consideration consent items are 1 through 82 public hearing items are 83 through 85 regular items are 86 through 100 i request the following withdrawals and scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information withdrawals deferral substitutions none scrivener errors item number 54 why action is necessary second paragraph currently reads in accordance with the version of section 332.0075 paren 3 paren b Florida statutes, in effect, at the time prior to the amendment effective July 1st, 2023, a governing body must approve, award, or ratify all contracts executed by or on behalf of a large hub airport for in an amount that exceeds $1,500,000. Should read, in accordance with section 332.0075, paren 3, paren B, Florida statutes, a governing body must approve, award, or ratify all contracts executed by or on behalf of a large hub airport in an amount that exceeds $1,500,000. Additional information, item number 31, the board's consideration of this item is based on the item as amended by the additional material distributed by the Resilient Environment Department. Item number 39, the board's consideration of this item is based on the notice of intent to consider adoption of a resolution distributed as additional material by the Office of Management and Budget. Item number 43, the board's consideration of this item is based on the Exhibit 3 business impact estimate distributed as additional material by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 53, the board's consideration of this item is based on the Exhibit 3 agreement between Broward County Board of County Commissioners and Amalgamated Transit Union Lo- Union Local 1267 distributed as additional material by Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 87, the board's consideration of this item is based on the amended motion statement which adds motion C and the amended agenda report distributed as additional material by Greater Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau. May I request without objection. Items 86, 90, 92, 94, and 98 be moved to consent. Additional material regular meeting. Items 1P through 1T, board appointments. Item number 31, proposed text amendment PCT 23-2, submitted by Resilient Environment Department. Item number 39, notice of intent to consider adoption of a resolution submitted by Office of Management and Budget. Item number 43, exhibit 3. Business impact estimates submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 53, Exhibit 3, agreement between Broward County Board of County Commissioners and Amalgamated Transit Unit Local 1267, submitted by Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 87, letter regarding the Tournament of Roses parade submitted by Mayor Lamar P. Fisher. Item 87, paren 2, new motion statement, amended language and Rose Bowl value analysis submitted by Greater Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau. Items 96 and 97, memo to the board regarding condominium assessment submitted by the Resilient Environment Department. Additional material, public hearing, none.
1: Well done. Thank you. And welcome back. Okay. We are now under our consent agenda. We're going to ask for any polls. I'll begin with Vice Mayor Rich.
9: you have any polls? Sorry, I have no polls.
1: Very good. Commissioner Bogan?
7: Actually, uh, not really a pull, but I want to point out um, item number 95. I'm going to withdraw. So I got a call this summer from the sheriff. sheriff was talking to me about his issue he wanted to bring before the commission, and um, he asked if I would put it on the agenda. He's not here. I was told he's not coming. So I would like to withdraw, withdrew- withdraw number 95.
1: Okay, very good.
7: Otherwise no polls
1: got it well good uh, mr. Myers I guess we'll have to come to that item first or can we uh, this is a consent agenda so okay hey, mayor I mean you can consider
3: withdrawn if you if it's your pleasure or you can that, wait till it comes that's
1: off. fine okay very good Commissioner Dean
3: no polls
15: mayor
1: huh Commissioner Gellers Senator Gellers? Commissioner Furr? none Commissioner Ryan?
15: Uh, a series of items uh, items 3 4 and 5 dealing with um, Aviation Department and uh, item 34 for an abstention.
1: Okay. Commissioner McKenzie. Uh, 88 in, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank You Commissioner. Commissioner Rogers? Very good. Um, <laughs> Ms. Shapiro any polls? No sir. Okay. Mr. Myers? Very good. Mr. Melton. Finally, to our public, Ms. Campbell.
16: Item 15.
1: Item 15. Very good. Okay. Mr. Myers, would you state the motion for consideration for the Consent Agenda?
3: Thank you, Mayor. Uh, The Consent Agenda is Items 1 through 82, uh, minus the following items. Items 3, 4, and 5 were pulled by Commissioner Ryan. Item 15 was pulled (coughs) by the public. And item 34 was pulled by Commissioner Ryan just for an abstention. Uh, and then added to the consent agenda are items 86, 90, 92, 94, and 98. Mr. Mayor, I'd like to move approval of the consent agenda as read by the county
1: attorney. Second. Senator Geller moves it. Second by Commissioner Dean. You for discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9 0. Thank you. We are item number three. Ms. Rivera.
14: Item three is a motion to approve standard grant agreement between Broward County and the Florida Department of Environmental Protection to fund up to $242,450 okay. for the As system. You leave, please, one folks.
1: Thank you. We can shake hands outside. We appreciate it. I know. They're happy. They're happy They ever got passed. Continue on, Ms. Rivera.
14: From where I was? Yes. Okay. System 1, Basin B, Stormwater Project at Broward County's Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood International Airport.
1: Commissioner Ryan, you pulled this item?
15: <clears throat> Mayor, I pulled items 3, 4, and 5. Uh, it's a series of items with the... Um aviation department and they all relate to uh grants that um you know broward county has been able to acquire uh through the florida department of environmental protection and what is um the similarity here is that all three of them have to do with uh you know uh, stormwater uh, protection and um, uh, i wanted to um, ask our uh, aviation director if he could um, you know speak to with some specificity um the three items and uh, the one the item number four has to do specifically with the uh, enhancement of some uh drainage pipes and uh culverts that end up being a benefit not only for fll for the international airport but also for the uh community the neighborhood immediately to the north of the airport which is the edgewood uh, neighborhood, and as you may know, and it was really national news that we had a terrible, terrible flooding there when we had our storms in in April. And uh, I would like to have some kind of explanation of of how we are benefiting not only the uh, the airport but the surrounding neighborhood with regard to uh, you know stormwater runoff and stormwater retention. So if if
1: yes. Yeah, we're going to hold, hold on one second, Commissioner. Since we're you're taking a three, four, five, I'm to, can I read four and five and take them all together? So we're going to read four and five on the record, and then we'll have through Ms. Sapira, Mr. Gale speak. So Regina, would you read four and five as well?
14: Item 4 is a motion to approve standard grant agreement between Broward County and the Florida Department of Environmental Protection to fund up to $178,650 for the Edgewood Park stormwater project at Broward County's Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Item 5 is a motion to approve standard grant agreement between Broward County and the Florida Department of Environmental Protection to fund up to $259,100 for the System 1 Basin A stormwater project at Broward County's Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport.
1: Thank you so much. Now, Ms. Sapiro, through yes, you.
14: Mr. Gale, if you can address the questions. Thank you.
1: Good morning, morning Mr. Mayor, Vice
17: Mayor, Commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Ryan, if we back up uh, the clock a little bit, just to let you know that the airport embarked on a comprehensive uh, stormwater master plan back in the 2019 timeframe. We finished that stormwater master plan near the end of 2021, which identified a number of different things, um, issues that we needed to deal with relative to our existing infrastructure and as the airport currently sits today, uh, along with a series of recommendations that were aligned with the future uh, airport's master plan, uh, the plan that I've brought in front of the Commission several times Mm -hmm. now as we continue to grow and develop what we need to do in order to address um, stormwater and mitigation issues. Uh, the grants and the projects that you uh, have identified, uh, you're seeing identified here in uh, items three, four, and five, came out of that report uh, that was done by one of our consultants. So we're addressing those issues. One specifically uh, that you've called out uh, relative to Edgewood Park, uh, north of the airport, north of 595, but Edgewood Park is land that is owned by the aviation department, uh, which was acquired back in the 80s um, as part of uh, noise mitigation issues. The project that you see uh, in front of you in there is to go into that particular area when uh, when water drains from the airport from the south to the north and goes through that particular portion of property uh, to enhance the pipes that are in that area, enhance the canal that's there. That ultimately leads, continues north, west, and then north again into the Osceola Creek area. So the work that we're looking to do will improve not only the drainage, um, coming off of the airport, but also off of the surrounding areas and into the Osceola Creek.
15: So as I understand it, in particular with uh, item number four, so not only are you improving our uh, drainage uh, capabilities on site at FLL, but through these improvements, you are also uh, enhancing the uh, stormwater prevention uh, capacity of the Edgewood neighborhood. I think that's important. I don't want it to be... uh, perceived that the airport is, you know, um, transferring water off-site uh, to the detriment of, uh, you know, of the Edgewood neighborhood. So you no
17: know, sir. we uh, Everything that we do with respect to our stormwater plan and the coordination that we do with the permitting agencies, with our own resiliency uh, department here at the county and permitting uh, from the Lord. state, Uh, and the requirements that are upon us as an entity to go in and inspect all of our stormwater uh, devices, all the piping and whatnot, to clean them on a regular basis. I'm not aware, uh, although maybe somebody within our resiliency department is aware of what happens within the neighboring cities, such as the city of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, We're focused in on the the issues that are uh, obviously directly attributable to the airport and how we flow out, Um, but I'm believe that in the end by us taking the improvements on that piece of property which is directly adjacent to a neighborhood uh, that will uh, help alleviate issues that that uh, may have arisen and somewhere in the past uh, again I think that uh, ultimately as water flows north and west it's going to go into those other tributaries and I think other cities are going to have to take a look at at their drainage systems at the same time
15: right and that's an important um Segue into perhaps building some type of a, a partnership between brown county fort lauderdale and perhaps Florida department of transportation to deal with uh stormwater runoff mm-hmm. and uh you know how best to kind of fortify and um you know enhance uh stormwater drainage uh, capacity in that edgewood neighborhood they've been subject to flooding for i mean 25 years i was um you know like a, uh, a state representative in that edgewood neighborhood and so i've been hearing about these problems for decades and just wanted to uh you know throw in some you know small amount of of thanks that we are you know even if it's in a small incremental way we are making an attempt to uh, to lessen the impacts of stormwater uh you know uh, problems that you have in that edgewood neighborhood and and this is and this is the uh District now, oh, we're uh, gonna have commissioner, commissioner Fur. So, I would imagine right. that you may want to to uh, speak to it also. Yeah. And, and with that, I will um, move the item.
1: Okay, very good. And yeah, Commissioner Fur, you could yeah. Commissioner Ryan, you done. I'm, I'm okay. done. Thank commissioner Fur, go ahead.
13: No, I, I appreciate very much Commissioner Ryan bringing up those points because it is, you know, topics of the neighborhood after the flood in, in April. And I guess, <clears throat> first of all, I'm really happy to see these. Um, and thank you for sending me the stormwater plan. Uh, you sent me wait, last wait, couple of days um do you see other others coming in front of us coming up after this are these the three main basins you're going to work with
17: so there's i believe seven basins that are in or around the airport that we're focused in on um these are part of the projects that were deemed to be part of the existing conditions that we needed to address now okay Um, as we look forward to a 20-year master plan and additional development we're going to have to do additional mitigation efforts to include finding additional places to store and allow water to naturally percolate or or, uh, uh, flow outwards to other outfalls and whatnot. These are the set of projects that we had, this work, as you might imagine, started long before uh, the flooding that occurred in April. This is years in the making. And I don't know whether or not, uh, I have not uh, seen it yet, but I I think the last comprehensive uh, water uh, master plan for the airport area might date back 15, 20 years. So we're updating that, and that is our strategy to go forward. Again, as I advised Commissioner Ryan, there may be uh, other of my colleagues uh, within the county that might be best suited to talk about what their uh, intergovernmental efforts are with the cities uh, surrounding the airport, including the city of Fort Lauderdale. Okay,
13: and, and at some point, I know you probably did a debriefing analysis of why why FL flooded so much. Well, we know why the rain, but why it, why it couldn't drain? As, you know, it drained it took a long time to drain. Um, at some point, I think it'd be worth you know all of us seeing. What your analysis on that is, and how this may alleviate some of that. Sure. Okay. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. So it's moved by Commissioner Ryan, second by Commissioner Furr. Any further Mayor, discussion? All, all that's three items. To all three all items. Three. I know. Three, fours. That's why I said earlier mm-hmm. we're going to hear okay. three, four, and five together. It's been moved and second. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed. Aye. Aye. Motion carries MSC. Thank you so much. Okay, we're on item number 15, which is pulled by the public.
14: Item 15 is a motion to authorize county administrators to submit grant applications to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development in the estimated amount of $12,025,092 for the 2023 notice of funding opportunity to provide housing, rental assistance, supportive services, and coordinated entry and assessment services to individuals and families experiencing homelessness, homeless management information system services, planning and evaluation services, and administrative services. There are eight speakers signed up to speak. The first is Anastasia Robinson followed by Terry Farrell.
1: Very good. Robinson, are you here?
15: Two minutes each.
1: Yes, it would be two minutes each, yes, sir. Ms. Robinson is here. She is here. Take your time. Hello.
11: My name is Anastasia Robinson. Um, I'm here representing Florida Rising and also Broward County residents. Um, we do, well, I support um, item 15. I'm only here to encourage um, that you all be proactive with supportive services. Um, let's see here, hold on moment. Mothers who experience eviction reports statistically, significantly higher rates of depression, parenting stress, and material hardships than mothers who have not. Um, and that's a problem, right, um, that we would want to correct um, in regards to, you know, people who actually pay their fair share and, they're just having like hard times with the actual landlord or the, the living situation themselves. Um, a benefit um, for what we're requesting for is tenants with legal representations are much more likely to avoid an eviction. So again, I'm just here to encourage that one of those supportive um, services be a right to counsel for Broward County residents. And um, I yield my time. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Robinson. Next speaker. Terry,
14: Terry Farrell, followed by Troyce Gill.
1: Terry Farrell? Ms. Farrell? Last call? OK. Choice Tro- Gill, is it?
14: Trois Gill, followed by Jacqueline Lopez. He was, he was,
1: is that Terry? The
13: other guy was coming
1: yeah. I'm Terry. Terry, come on. I'm sorry. Come on forward.
18: Oh, uh, I'm Terry i've lived in a lot of hill at 3761 northwest 75th terrace i'm i'm here to speak about the hud funding that the, some of it should go to providing counsel for people who, who are evicted or have or having rental problems uh eviction is is a very complicated process almost A large percentage of the people, uh, the the landlords, have representation, and the people who who live in homes do not. And that inequity causes a problem. It costs injustice to to the individuals and adds extra costs to the community if they are infected. These people are not only housing themselves but maybe family members, parents, or other people who were also infected because of the one person as well. So all of a sudden, the state, the county will have to afford all the people that residents extra help in the community. So it's very important that the funding, uh, some of the funding from the HUD should go to help keeping these people in their homes
14: so that could be prevented. Thank you.
1: Thank you, sir, for your comments. Next is Troy Gill,
14: Followed by Jacqueline Lopez.
19: Good morning, council. Good morning, sir. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak today. Um, I also hear I'm in support of the HUD funding effort. Um, and like my colleague who spoke before me, um, also would like to, to request a portion of that those funds be set aside to support um, the opportunity to house tenant rights to council. Um, this is a serious issue. Um, housing is a crisis across America and it's hitting us uh, more significantly here in Florida than many other places. Um, I recall my time uh, as a young college student when my mother was about to be um, evicted. And it created a crisis for me because I'm the oldest. And I felt like it was my responsibility to quit school and go home with no real training, um, but try to get a job and make whatever money I could to contribute to that problem, trying to find a pathway to a solution. Um, if it wasn't for someone who was a good friend, um, former service member, who had given me some good advice, I probably would not have done that, and then I would not have myself been able to finish college. I would not have been able to um, get commissioned and spend 30 years serving my country um, went to the United States Army. This is a serious problem. And disparity in representation is a serious case for why there needs to be representation for, um, for the tenants. Over 90% of landlords um, who bring eviction cases, they have representation. Only 10% of the tenants have representation. Right away, this illustrates a significant disparity. Um, Landlords are aware of this imbalance in the nature of the housing. And- um, Thank you.
1: Go ahead, Mr. Gill, finish up.
19: Okay. Um, And they often initiate these legal proceedings um, so that low-income tenants are most likely not be able to afford it. Um, this is not an unprecedented issue in the state of Florida. Rights mm-hmm. for Council has been used um, in many other issues, on many other topics besides housing, um, and we would like to ask that the, the council here for the county mm-hmm. s- consider this seriously and try to move this forward. I know that in the city that I live in, in Pompano Beach, there have been a number of issues um, with people being displaced after living, paying significant amounts of money to the tune of $2,000, $1,700 right. for rent, um, with the landlords not taking care of the properties for years. Um, I understand, Mr. Gill. Thank you being so, Thank
1: you so much. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you so much. You. Next speaker.
14: Jacqueline Lopez, followed by Nefer Rojas.
1: Good morning, Ms. Lopez.
20: I was going to translate for her. <laughs> sure. Buenos
21: dias. Mi nombre es Jacqueline Lopez. Vivo en la 5715 Guayjikori Circle, Tamara, Florida, 33319. 19 En estos últimos tiempos, las familias de las comunidades vulnerables han experimentado el desalojo de forma significativa Esto nos llevó a altos índices de depresión e impacto directo a la crianza de nuestros hijos.
20: So, she wants to thank uh, because of the item topic of having hot and, and that funding address the issue of, of, of housing and she's one that has that experience because she has faced difficulties related to housing so she's thankful, thankful about that.
21: Eda. Una trabajadora del hogar con cuatro hijos, madre soltera, fue desalojada en tiempos de pandemia, dejando todos sus muebles y sus enseres y saliendo con una pequeña maleta a medianoche. Eda, al igual que miles de familias, no pueden defenderse por los altos costos judiciales y, y pasan estos desalojos crueles.
20: So she and her friend Eda, who are domestic workers, are ones that would be directly impacted But the good intentions of this item. And that's why she's so uh, encouraged because of what we can do with this item.
21: Por eso estamos agradecidos que la Comisión esté pidiendo los fondos HOT para que Eda y otras familias puedan ser representadas legalmente y evitar estos crueles desalojos. Gracias.
20: So she's very helpful because all of this goes to the heart of the issue of, of housing insecurity in the county, and like her, there are hundreds of people that she knows because she's a community leader, uh, and so again, she's very thankful and she's encouraging this uh, a portion of this to be used for the right to counsel.
1: Thank you, Ms. Lopez. Thank you. Next speaker.
14: Nefer Rojas, followed by Carlos Naranjo.
22: Hello, Morning. my name is Nefer Rojas. I, I live in Hollywood on 2341 Paul Street. I wanted to ask for some of these uh, hot fundings to go to a right to counsel program that would secure people and protect them from evictions. A good thing about using some hot funding for this program is that attorneys may be able to keep eviction filings of tenants' records a range of alternative housing negotiate a reasonable amount of time for tenants to move out, reduce or eliminate money owed to their landlord, or help tenants apply for rental assistance. Also, keeping evictions, filing off tenants' records, credit reports means not only avoiding damage to their credit scores, which directly affects access to their credit and interest rates, but also increasing the likelihood that they will be able to secure decent safe housing in the future because landlords will not be able to deny them housing due to their eviction history. This is a great reason for, uh, to have this right to counsel program. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Ross. Thank you. Uh, 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 next speaker.
22: Carlos Naranjo,
14: followed by Bertisha Combs.
20: Uh, back. Hello commissioners, uh, my name is Carlos Naranjo and am with Florida Rising, I live in Hollywood in 2341 Paul Street. So we're very encouraged about the intentions and what can happen with such items. I think involving hot money it's 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 very important because it provides that that funding for gaps that often exist. In, in, in county priorities. Uh, we're very encouraged, and what we're bringing here is testimonies of people that are directly affected, that are community leaders, mm-hmm. mostly women, people of color, black, brown, uh, that are in agreement with these efforts. Mm-hmm. And we are also asking for an expansion uh, or a use of some of this funding uh, for a Right to counsel uh, program. A Right to counsel program is happen- mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. all over the country. There's, about four different states. There's almost 20 different cities. Actually, Miami-Dade next door has a program just like it and it is working and then the good thing is that you have, we have the numbers and the figures that talk about the feasibility. Talking about the feasibility, often when people are evicted, what happens is that they have to ask for resources from the county, right? So they become an additional cost for the county. And so actually a program like this, uh, because of moral reasons is the right thing to do, but because of financial reasons, it actually saves the county money because it, it, it's kind of pre- preventing some things for that, from some of those things to happen. So, yes, uh, we have some conversations. I think we met with the office of Benford, uh, the commissioner. We're hoping to meet with some more of you to present the facts and the numbers of why this program is completely feasible and because, of course, it is the moral thing to do in this housing crisis. Thank you.
1: Thank you, sir.
14: Ms. Combs? Followed by Mona Lisa Weber.
23: Good morning, Commission. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to speak on item number 15. As most of the people here have said, we do support it. We appreciate you all making sure there's funding for supportive services and rental assistance for people in in from HUD. But again, like others have said, we would like for the county to consider allotting some of those funds for a local right to Council program. With the recent passage of HB 1417, a lot of the good work that you did to provide tenant protections last year have now been preempted. And so we believe that even with that passage, right to council falls within the framework of y'all being able to uh, provide an additional service to tenants right now that may be facing evictions i personally had to fight an eviction for my daughter last year and it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the work that i do and having access to attorneys that we do have i wouldn't have been able to beat it so again this is something that most people do not have access to and it would be great if you would uh allocate some funds and oh by the way uh in addition to miami days st Pete also recently allotted some funds for it as well so it is working around the country we're seeing how it can impact people positively and keep people housed and avoid homelessness. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Gomes. Ms. Weber? She's not here. She's not here, here. Ms. Weber's not here. Any other one from the public gonna speak on this? I think our speakers are now completed. I do wanna recognize um, uh, Ms. Sapir, we have two speakers right now, Vice Mayor followed by Commissioner Ryan, but I wanna recognize uh, Tara Williams, our Human Services Director and Dr. Rebecca McGuire they are just beyond phenomenal when it comes to helping our homelessness and helping those in need. So I just wanna publicly thank you for all you do for this county, okay? Yes. Vice Mayor Rich, followed by Commissioner Ryan.
9: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I just wanted to thank all of you for being here today to express yourselves and to let us know um, the things that you're seeing out there uh, we, I just wanted you to know that we are listening here. Um, as uh, the mayor said, we have outstanding uh, people that are heading up our human services and our uh, homeless continuum of care, uh, now called Haas. Uh, we did receive some additional funding. I just was notified from uh, from uh, HUD that'll be used for many of these services. I do want to say that uh, we are focused on this uh, this problem of needing representation. The county has put in additional monies for legal aid. The homeless uh, continuum of care is also focusing on that with our landlord recruitment program and with a new program uh, that um, a, a donor is, is helping to fund that will ex- expand this for us. Um, I, I just I, I can't say enough about the commitment that this whole commission is having now on these issues. Everything that we've talked that they've talked about, there is an additional amount recommended in our in our budget from affordable housing to rental to uh, homeless um, the the uh, legal aid issues. So we're just trying to grapple with this as you as you are. I do want to bring out one point though. And we had a a devastating outcome in the legislature this year. I met with uh, our assistant county attorney, Nathaniel, yesterday about this. Uh, They are going to be coming back because we're going to have to rescind some of what we did, positive things that we did for landlord-tenant issues. Uh, But we're working on trying to find any way that we can get around things uh, and keep some of the important, uh, 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 you know, positive things that we've done uh, available still. Uh, But we also are looking as we are with the Live Local Act, we have a committee working on that to look at ways to maybe change, there's a glitch bill going to take place in Tallahassee on that. Uh, It's a disaster right now, the way it is. Uh, And so is this. This is the worst preemption I think I've ever seen. It's just devastating when it comes to landlords. And, and tenant issues and uh, we need to do the same thing here and try and get the legislature to think about what they've done here and what they've done to the, to the, to the people in favor of, of, of landlords. And I'm not saying anything negative about landlords. We have, uh, we're gonna be having a, a, um, a breakfast, a recognition breakfast to thank our landlords with our new project home again. We have, we have over now a hundred landlords who are a part of this program and are working with us uh, to, you know, help they get incentives, and they are willing to take people. Uh, so we need everybody we can get. But uh, we're we again, this goes back to Dr. McGuire and uh, the the homeless continuum of care, really focusing on these needs. So I just want to make uh, you know everybody out there aware that you know we are listening. Uh, we're trying to work within the framework of what's legal <laughs> now, um, and we'll see. Well, I, I know that our. Uh, Our staff uh, and administration is doing the very best it can to put as much resources, including additional mental health, is in this budget. So it all is tying together. So thank you for that. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep keep plugging away.
1: Very good. Commissioner Ryan followed by Commissioner Furr.
9: I'm
15: hoping that we can uh, draw some type of a distinction here between uh, the uh, participation that uh, Broward County has through uh, legal aid of Broward County uh, to provide funding for um, you know defense and landlord tenant actions uh, and you know with a little bit of money I mean uh, legal aid of Broward County actually does a tremendous job years ago it was I don't know 30 40 million dollars in annual funding at the state level the various legal aid uh, uh, societies uh, you know throughout the state but uh, beginning about I don't know 10 or 15 years ago that funding you know dried up and so now the county has kind of stepped into the breach and provides funding recurring funding for for legal aid Uh, but my specific question and I'll you know address it to the county administrator is you know, at what point do we actually, like, in-house through uh, our human services department or one of our other departments, deal with these issues? You know, if it's landlord-tenant and it's not a, you know, just simply a, a, a claim for non-payment of rent, but if there's uh, some type of a, a, a discrimination issue, I mean, whether it's in housing or in employment or in the, you know, delivery of, uh, you know, healthcare services. You know we have certain you know like a consumer services uh division that deals with these issues at the county level uh, maybe perhaps you could uh, talk about you know briefly those type of services that the county offers
8: so thank you um commissioner for the question so you know obviously we have a lot of resources embedded here and with county staff including the human rights section that handles some of those cases that you're those issues that you're referring to directly but um to the point you were also making about um uh, legal aid you know the the county in addition to additional uh resources that uh vice mayor rich alluded to um that we provide we the the county already provides um, a significant amount of resources to legal aid on an annual basis and we're about a 1.5 million dollars um in assistance to legal aid as well so um, we have an entire human services department as as they're very uh, well lauded for the great work they do and in that is also that human rights um, uh, division that yeah. handles those
15: cases and, and i think broward county is probably the largest uh you know benefactor uh, of uh, any kind of like public funding for legal aid uh, certainly in broward county so and, and i know that my colleague uh you know vice mayor rich has been a big advocate for uh, you know affordable housing initiatives um, and uh, vice mayor rich uh, you know I really like your sunglasses you know kind of makes you look a little bit like a movie star so you know keep it up
1: she and, is a movie star yeah <laughs> and
15: so uh, you know maybe you know vice mayor you might want to uh, comment on that we used to have an executive director what was this Tony carrot that was was uh, you know, running uh, legal aid Broward County for a number of years as the executive director, but uh, we have a, a new executive director now, don't we?
1: Mr. Piro?
8: We do. Yeah.
15: Um, no.
1: Vice Mayor says yes. Yes. I
8: yeah. said so that, that gentleman you referred to has retired.
15: Okay. Right.
9: Thank, thank, thank you.
1: Uh, Vice Mayor, real quick on a comment that Commissioner Mr. Ryan said, then go to
9: Mr. I, I just want to mention, I don't want to get into it all today, but some of the preemptions are so devastating. That things like stalking, domestic violence, it, veterans, we can no longer do the things that we did in our in in, in our tenants' bill of rights and in uh, our provisions. Uh, you know, on, the only thing we can do are still the things that are in federal statute, which would be like race or religion. I mean, it it is no sexual orientation, gender identity. I mean, these things are not there on the federal level. And we put them in ours, and this, this legislation prevents us from protecting a lot of those people.
1: Thank you, Vice. Commissioner Furr?
13: Thank you. Um, I think, I don't think my office is unique. I think all of our offices every day hear from tenants that are, that are in need or, or people that are needing housing. Um, so it's a, it's a constant issue. The, and I know that's one of the reasons why we had asked for more money for legal aid. Um, in in this coming up budget. What the people that came up today are asking about is trying to divert money from the HUD into allowing f- uh, to to supplement that, is what I understand, which I didn't know was even possible. Um, and I don't know the legality of it either. Obviously, I think what's important is the balance. You don't want to be taking too much of, out of it. You wouldn't want to take too much out of it because you're you're using that money to, for supportive services. You're using that money to help people get up, get into housing. But at the same notion, you want to make make sure the people that are in housing don't, don't lose that. So I think it's something that's worth looking at on that. But I mean, I know what we've already done. I know what we've already supplemented our legal aid. But I don't know, I haven't looked into the, into the details of the HUD funding the way I w- might want to to see if there's any room for that and if there is it may warrant a discussion on our part i don't know i don't know if we're stretched out and maybe kim miss campbell
1: do you, to you want to answer that
16: yeah, thank okay. you. So the supportive services that are provided through that funding mm-hmm. include um, the ability to support legal services. Okay. Okay. So some of our sub-recipients will use the money for that purpose on an individualized basis. It's very rare, um, probably because the county contributes so much general fund dollars for this purpose to legal aid, so we don't duplicate the efforts relative to the funding in that so, way. So are
13: you confident that we're able to steer people that need it that need legal counsel are we
16: able to steer them to get legal counsel so i i feel like the network knows the availability of the service and then i'll just add that um, given the current climate out there there's probably not enough resources to meet a hundred percent of the need a hundred percent of the time
13: okay I think what what I appreciate the people that came today is bringing the awareness to this. Um, I think you know, knowing and understanding the need for legal counsel for those that, that need it. You know, if it's not just for right. non-payment, right. much of what Commissioner Ryan brought up, and to the extent that uh, Rebecca and everybody who's working in that department know that when it's when it's you know try to recognize when there's a need for it and to steer people to the legal aid or to whatever what other other resources we have so you know i th- hopefully this has brought the awareness level up and i want to thank the people for coming in today thank you
1: yes thank you Senator geller i'll be
5: very brief i just want to say senator rich was saying that she thinks this is the worst thing that the legisl- worst reaction <laughs> the legislature has done it's impossible to ascertain which of the many horrible preemptions the legislature has passed is the worst. I served there for 20 years. Representative Ryan served there. Senator Rich served there. And I don't recognize Tallahassee any longer. And I just find it highly ironic if the same people who continue to tell the federal government not to pass preemptions because what works in New York doesn't work in North Dakota, completely ignore us when we say don't pass preemptions. Because course, what works in Bradford County, population 28,000, doesn't work in Broward County. They just ignore us because apparently federal government is too big and local governments are too small, but the state knows everything. And I was there for 20 years. State doesn't know everything.
1: All right, any further discussion on this item? is there a motion
13: motion to approve
1: moved by commission for a second by commissioner rogers any further discussion all in favor say aye, aye. opposed motion carries eight zero at this point in time thank you Moved on item number 34.
14: <laughs> item 34 under the request to set for public hearing header is a motion to adopt resolution to consider transmittal to designated state review agencies of a proposed amendment to the Broward county land use plan text PCT 22-7, revising the City of Dania Beach Activity Center as an amendment to the Broward County Comprehensive Plan.
1: Thank you. Commissioner Ryan has an abstention here, I believe.
15: Yes. Uh, Item 34 involves a proposed land use amendment uh, affecting the Dania Beach uh, Regional Activity Center. Uh, Real property in which I have an ownership interest is located in the activity center. The proposed land use amendment could thus financially impact the real property in which I have an ownership interest. Therefore, I will be leaving the dais and not voting on item 34. I ask that the minutes of the meeting please reflect that I have abstained.
1: Just turn around, Commissioner Ryan. was there a motion to approve? So moved. So moved, so moved. So moved by Commissioner Eudine, seconded by Commissioner Bogan. Any discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Motion passes, what, uh, seven uh, with one abstention. Thank you very much, Commissioner Ryan. And we are going to recognize, that concludes our consent agenda. We are going to recognize item number five has been pulled from the agenda. Okay? So we're now going to be on our public hearings, I believe. Items 83 through 85 are public hearings. Item number 83.
14: The Misery public Revere. hearing, sorry, the public hearing item 83 is now open. Item 83 is a motion to adopt resolution vacating a 24 foot wide access easement lying within parcel A of Full Rock plat, plat Book 183, page 446, in the city of Pompano Beach. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item.
1: Public portion is now closed. Move it. Move by Commissioner Bogan. second by <laughs> Commissioner Geller. McKenzie. Uh-huh. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9 0. Thank you. 84.
14: The public hearing on item 84 is not open. Item 84 is a motion to adopt resolution releasing a portion of a right-of-way easement as recorded in official records book 4673, page 953, and abandoning a right-of-way as recorded in miscellaneous plat book 6, page 23, in the town of Davie. No member of the public has time to speak on this item.
1: Of a portion not closed. Moved by Commissioner Bogan, seconded by Senator Geller. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 9-0, number 85.
14: The public hearing on item 85 is now open. Our final public hearing item is item 85, which is a motion to adopt resolution releasing a portion of a right-of-way easement as recorded in official records book 4673, page 953, releasing a 75-foot perpetual right-of-way easement as recorded in official records book 383, page 453, and abandoning a right-of-way as recorded in miscellaneous plat book 6, page 23 in the town of Davie. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item.
1: A uh, portion now closed, moved by Senator Geller, second by Vice Mayor. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Mr. Myers. We are now on our regular agenda. We are on item number 87. Too healthy.
14: Item 87, motion A is a motion to authorize county administrator to approve and execute a sponsor agreement between Broward County and the Pasadena Tournament of Roses Association in connection with Broward County participating as the presenting sponsor of the official entertainment performance in the 2024 Rose Parade. Motion B is a motion to authorize president of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau to select a vendor from the Tournament of Roses approved vendor list to build county's float for the 2024 Rose Parade. One member of the public has signed up to speak, Michael Rayner.
1: I miss uh, Ms. Rivera, I think item uh, C was added to motion to authorize. Could you read that in the record, too? Give me one
14: moment. Because it's a part of the additional material. It's not in the actual agenda, so just give me a moment to right.
1: find it. I just want
3: to read the record, Mr. Myers. Sure. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, so uh, motion uh, C, which is added to it, as you mentioned, Mayor, is a motion to authorize county administrator to approve and execute an agreement with Mary Wanderer, a tournament of raises consultant and an amount not to exceed $75,000 to maximize the county's participation. So
1: we'll be considering 87A, B, and C for the record. Uh, Ms. Sapir, I'll turn it over to you.
8: Thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor. Um, at this time, I'd like to ask um, uh, our, our uh, president of Visit Lauderdale, Stacy Ritter, to, um, she would like to speak to the item and also have a, a presentation
1: that she'd like to share. Very good. Good morning, Ms. Ritter.
24: Thank you. Morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor and Commissioners. I'm really delighted to be here. This morning, I actually asked that this item be put on regular so I can present it to you. Now I realize that I should, you know, like most staff, just leave the stuff on consent. But, <laughs> but anyway, since we're here, let's do this. Um, America's New York's New Year's celebration, the Tournament of Roses Parade. This would be January 1 of 2024. But the first Rose Parade was held over 100 years ago in Pasadena, California, which welcomed 3,000 spectators. More than a century later, as we all know, the parade floats are a marvel of state-of-the-art technology. Tucked beneath flowers and other all-natural materials, billions of people around the world enjoy the Rose Parade, and it is an iconic New Year's tradition. This year's theme for the Rose Parade is this celebrating a world of music, the universal language. The viewership of the Rose Parade is 1 million street side, 21.3 million on television over a variety of networks, and it is also televised in 120 international countries. Of course, this is live. This doesn't take into consideration those people who download it, uh, watch it online, or uh, or watch it on social media. The package that um, we have requested from the Tournament of Roses um, organization includes the following, a custom animated float in the parade. We are the presenting sponsor of the special entertainment performance, which gives us a a two and a half minute live televised segment to all broadcast partners. And for any of you who have watched the Tournament of Roses Parade, and I hope that you have all watched it, I watch it every January 1st, or January 2nd this year, because January 1st was a Sunday, Um, for two and a half minutes, you are on live broadcast television in front of the spectator's stands, and this is when we will be having our live, presentation, uh, a live singer. Uh, we have not chosen that singer yet. Clearly, we can't move forward with this until the board approves motions A, B, and C, but we expect the talent will be, able to, will be something that will be within the, um, the vibe of the destination. We expect multicultural, we expect uh, perhaps LGBTQ, something that shows the diversity and inclusivity of the destination. Um, this is the musical performance with the float as the centerpiece. Uh, the theme and talking points from the broadcast announcers, so we will actually get to write the talking points for the broadcast announcers. Brand visibility on the screen. Uh, branded activ- activation float fest, which is an event that is for t- two days after the Tournament of Roses parade, which has 60,000 attendees, where all the floats are taken from the parade and put into a park in Pasadena and spectators can walk around and wander around. And we consider that an additional activation where, we'll be, where we will be passing out literature and uh, collateral to the 60,000 attendees who go to float fest. Two posts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, those are of course from the Tournament of Roses parade, those don't include our social media, and sponsor recognition on the website. This is a massive reach to 24 million people, um, and it is an unprecedented opportunity for us to showcase the destination as welcoming and inclusive to everyone under the sun. Our unique activation will allow us to push our message of diversity and inclusivity and to brand it to a global audience. Also, because we will be the presenting sponsor and we'll have the opportunity to present a musical artist for two and a half minutes. As I said, we expect that artist will be um, in coordination with our brand messaging and we'll be featuring, featuring local partners on the float. Now, again, we haven't decided what we're doing yet. We can't move forward with this, uh, but we are, we are anticipating featuring local partners like um, our indigenous population, the Seminoles, perhaps the Qatar Hotel. I've already spoken to the Panthers. They have offered a player and Stanley C. Panther, perhaps a replica of the, of the trophy that they won um, this year. We've also considered, um, and we've, obviously we've had conversations about this in, internally, perhaps a cruise ship to showcase our cruises and our port, um, FLL and of course our LGBTQ and multicultural communities. We think this is a perfect opportunity to show a Florida destination in California and that, yes, there are Florida destinations that embrace diversity and inclusivity and are truly welcoming everyone under the sun.
2: The,
24: that. the ROI, as you see, is significant a 722% ROI. Let me go back for a minute, too. Again, in our internal conversations, Uh, We are considering reaching out to the Broward County Public Schools, both the Teacher of the Year for 2022 and the Principal of the Year for 2022 are women of color. We think that would be a perfect opportunity on the slope to showcase our commitment to public education and our commitment to multiculturalism. And again, the ROI ROI is significant for this investment. Um, Here are our activation promotions. And for those of you who might question why we do or doing the Rose Parade, we regularly do activations at Visit Lauderdale, so we've taken over Grand Central in the past. We've taken over the Rockefeller, uh, rink, the Rockefeller ice skating rink in New York City. These are things that we've taken over town home in New York. We've gone to Canada with some of our local chefs and, and um, invited influencers and travel operators, tour operators to come and, and, sh- and see what we have to offer here in Greater Fort Lauderdale. We often go to them. to to market and promote the destination as opposed to having them come to us or always coming to us. So this is just one of those activations that we would do in a normal course, except this to us is an exceptional activation that may in fact be a once in a lifetime thing. So these are some pre-event, during-event and post-event activities. We expect to be out there um, decorating the float. As you see, there is a a camera um, that is uh, focused on me right now. We are doing a Road to the Roses documentary because we want to document what very well may be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us to be in the Tournament of Roses Parade. And again, showcasing our Everyone Under the Sun message to a 21.5 million person audience nationally. Um, It is difficult to quantify international um, viewership, but it is clearly as much, if not more, uh, to, uh, to the world. Because we are truly Everyone Under the Sun, and when we say it, we mean it.
1: Thank you, Ms. Ritter, for thank the you. presentation. Thank you. Uh, we're going to have public first. And then I think we have one public speaker, Mr. Rayner, if you'll come forward. And yeah, Ms. Ritter, stand by.
25: Good morning, Michael Rayner. Um, Mayor, first, thank you for um, respectfully asking some of my concerns prior to the meeting. I wish Ms. Ritter had shown that same level of respect earlier. Um, So I think this is a great concept in general. Um, Actually, in 92, actually, when I moved to Los Angeles, my job there was for the world's largest entertainment insurance brokerage. And the Tournament of the Roses was one of my accounts, um, where we actually had the managing uh, general agent for Transamerica in uh, ensuring all events and movie productions and everything else. So um, there was excitement about this. And it was an account I loved working on. my concern, you know, I, I do appreciate also the all under the sun uh, theme that Broward County is going to be bringing and promoting, uh, especially given the horrific legislative sessions we continue to uh, endure, which um, Senator Geller and Rich uh, both have uh, raised concerns over today. Um, my concerns more is the amount of the money. And so far what I see, what's been published is 800000 um, it doesn't include as well, I think, travel costs to get people out there and other things. But I think some of that 800000 should be shared with some of the businesses that are profiting um, almost record highs in tourism here in Broward County when they haven't stepped up in the fight against Don't Say Gay and other measures that we're enduring in this state with the attacks on women and other. And, you know, I continue to hear how the travel industry here in Broward County is not stepping up to do its share to push back on the political messages coming back from Tallahassee. And I think rather than this being the taxpayers paying for this, I think the businesses should actually have more skin in the game, other than giving, which I I appreciate the presentation that was made today that wasn't available on the agenda. So a lot of the information presented today was not um, on the agenda, Um, but I really do think that. The businesses need to be leveraged. The county does have some kind of marketing program it does so that companies can sponsor and participate in things. And I think some of this should be underwritten by the businesses that are actually making out well for this $5 million windfall that the county's expected to get from this almost million dollar investment um, to get its message of all under the sun. So. Uh, those are my thoughts. Those were my comments. Um, they weren't in there. If Ms. Ritter actually asked me to step outside this morning, I would have been happy to have a conversation with her, but that's not the approach she gave to me. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Rayner. Ms. Rivera, any other further comments from the public? I believe that's the only speaker, correct? Ms. Rivera, is that the only other speaker, correct? Yes. Okay. Thank you. All right. Ms. Bitter, you want
24: to Thank you. Um, Mr. Reiner actually makes a good point, which I neglected to say. We are actually going to go to businesses like the Panthers, uh, like the Seminoles, and ask them to help us under- underwrite this. Uh, we do think that if we are featuring them, then they, should have, uh, um, then they should have some skin in the game. Having said that, it is important to recognize that these are not general revenue dollars. These are tourist development tax dollars paid by visitors who come and stay in our hotels. This is not general revenue. This is not coming out of the regular bucket for things like health and human services and and libraries and public works. So let's not forget. In in addition, we are the county's destination marketing organization, and I will tell you that the industry will say they do, in fact, fund us. Um, It is through them that the tourist development tax gets passed, and our job is to market and promote the destination. Um, I do agree with Mr. Rayner that there has not been a great deal of the industry to step up, but we are. We are stepping up, we are speaking out, and we are speaking up, and we are ensuring that everyone knows that we are, Mr. Rayner, everyone under the sun, not all under the sun, everyone under the sun. We hope it is a a tagline that rolls off of everyone's lips every single day. And again, (laughs) when we say it, we mean it. Not only do we intend to showcase it, but we speak about it every single day. We are, in fact, the only destination management organization in the state of Florida, and I thank my boss County Administrator Monica Sappero for allowing me to tell everyone our message of diversity and inclusivity and that it matters to us that people are seen and then they are heard and that in everything we do, they are reflected. We think we do a really good job of that and we're going to continue to do it.
1: Thank you for your passion. All righty, thank you. We're going to open up the commission discussion. Commissioner Bogan followed by Commissioner Dean. Great, thank you. Um, you
7: know, the only way I could support this is if Tim Ryan can build the float. So I want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Volunteers can, are
24: welcome, Well, we
15: haven't done that since college, so I don't <laughs> know that one.
7: So in all seriousness, okay. so when I read the item, um, I really was thinking, like, this is crazy about spending $700,000, $800,000. i would be putting commercials on in Minnesota, Illinois, all the cold-weather states. And then I talked to Monica about it, and she was explaining that the, the benefit is the TV and and what you just demonstrated the tv um it, it, so i when you say the, uh, the 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 amount of views does that view come like obviously people in california i don't think are really real excited to come to fort lauderdale or people in the south i'm talking about more excited people out Cold weather states. I think you see, like you mentioned Canada. I thought it was great. We could do something Canada, New York, or any cold st- way. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming and naively, so I'm assuming that we don't get a huge amount of tourists from warm states. Maybe we do here in South Florida, maybe Orlando, but um, you know. So I, I was just. My whole concern was the ROI, which you texted me, uh, gave me yesterday, and you're saying that the TV uh, um, last. But my only question is, why do we want? What is our advantage to spend two minutes and thirty seconds, which is valuable national time, on having a singer? Is that? I mean, how does that help promote, you know, the greater Fort Lauderdale, Broward County? How does that help us in well, having a singer? Well,
24: thank you, Commissioner. Um, it, it's two and a half minutes for us to showcase our destination. So, and when you get, rather than having the float just pass by. On, the, on television, and, and if you've watched any parade you, on television, you know that there are some floats that are featured, and there are some floats that just pass by where the announcers say one or two lines. This gives us an opportunity for all those eyeballs to be honest for two and a half minutes. They don't just show the singer, they show the float. We expect of course the float to be quite beautiful. We are in fact um, going to have, hopefully this will pass today, have conversations about bringing native organic materials from Florida to decorate the float, which will again showcase the beauty of our destination. Um, so it gives us two and a half minutes of only us. That's expensive airtime to buy if we were going to buy commercials all over, all over, actually the world, not just um, cold weather states. And that's the advantage. It's us for two and a half minutes, only us. And they're talking about us. And, and we are actually working on a, a local Grammy nominated singer um, who quite frankly I didn't know because you know I'm old but um, the younger population would know and he's <laughs> writing a song about greater Fort Lauderdale oh, for cool. us so okay. um, there are great oppor- we think there are great opportunities here to showcase us
7: okay and last but not least um, the companies that are on the float like the panthers I'm familiar they give away millions of dollars to community every year they are they do for the community. They're every, I believe every uh, game or every week, they're giving away 25 grand out of their foundation. Um, to me, those are the companies that deserve to be on the float, um, those that have given back. So just FYI. Thank you. Anyway, thank you.
24: Thank for you. us, the, the relationship with the Panthers has always been us giving them. So we're hoping, in this case, they'll give back to us a little bit.
1: Very good. Commissioner Dean.
6: Thank you. Um, I, too, when I first got this, was a little bit skeptical until I did a little bit more research um, and spoke with you and and looked at some of the statistics and looking at the return on investment and everything. Um, I'm supportive of this. I think this should pass. I think this is important that Visit Lauderdale steps a little bit more outside their comfort zone to try and do things that are cutting edge and that... um, that can showcase our brand when you look at the overall spend for a marketing campaign it's not a lot for the return that you get on your dollar here i get it um it 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 seems you know a little bit foreign to us to travel out to california to do this but that's exactly where the people are coming from and are coming in to south florida so i'm supportive of it i'm gonna vote for it i'm sure that um your media people would probably overrule what I'm going to say, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. I think you have to now, even though they don't use Fort Lauderdale in the name, figure out a way to incorporate soccer. Because right now, soccer is so hot in Fort Lauderdale. I'm sure your media pe- I'm sure I'm wrong and there's probably reasons why, but I know it's inter-Miami, but they're playing in Fort Lauderdale and, and, and I'd love to see us be able to, because that's hot right now, you know, worldwide. So I'm supportive of it. If there's
9: no one else speaking, I'll make a motion to. Approve I've got
1: two more speakers. Yes. Uh huh. Thank you, Commissioner Dean. Vice Mayor, followed by Commissioner Ryan.
9: Yeah. Um, thank you, Stacy, for the additional material. I think it was very helpful because I think everybody had the same, you know, kind of questions about the ROI. Uh, but I, I, kind of want to go to to kind of two other two other things that you said that I think are incredibly important, and you know, we all say, and I believe we do love the everyone under the sun, there are very few places that now are willing to advertise that and to put that out there, that we do welcome everybody here in Broward County. And I think that's a great message for us. I wanna tell you, for those of you who don't watch parades and maybe have never watched the Rolls Bowl Parade, it is the most beautiful parade. Uh, I watch it every year. I've watched it every year since my children were little. (laughs) and we watch and we looked at all the flowers and all the floats and talked about them uh it's it's quite a, a dynamic event and it's not just about you know the flowers but it, there's always a message involved with things as well so um you know for me and the other point you made I think is really important too is that it's it's not general fund dollars I would have a problem if it were probably general fund dollars but it's it you are the marketing arm uh of the of the county and uh And our state doesn't market (laughs) the things that we do and the way we do. So I think we have to do it for ourselves. uh, And I'm very comfortable with supporting this.
1: Thank you. Commissioner Ryan.
9: My only um,
15: question was, uh, you know, you have another very large parade. You have the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And uh, if you could make a a comparison, because you talked about return on investment and I, I think if you will expand upon that just so the taxpayers understand where the true value comes in on this. And, and I think it's, you know, additional hotel rooms and, uh, you know, restaurants and everything else in the area. So I'm with you on it. But, I mean, how would this compare, like, if you were to have a, uh, a float and, and have some special recognition and the Macy's Day Parade, um, would that cost more? Would that have a larger return on investment? Have you you know kind of looked at that area also
24: thank you commissioner we did um we did and the macy's day parade was a three-year commitment for a minimum of 1.7 million dollars we weren't we weren't anxious to make a three-year commitment at this time in addition the macy's thanksgiving day parade is usually very cold and we it, it would be harder for us to portray the warm weather aspect of our community when the people on the float were shivering and their teeth were <laughs> chattering. And I, and I don't say that facetiously, I mean it. I mean it, we're, you know, it's gonna be difficult to put people in bathing suits. Stanley C. would probably be the only one who was happy um, on a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade float if the temperatures were, you know, under 60 for those of us who live, you know, in Broward County. Um, and that's really, that, that was really, uh, those, those were the, couple, the two reasons. The price, the well, three was the price, the three-year commitment, and the, the weather.
2: Well,
15: and I also want to kind of uh, pile on with what uh, Commissioner Udeen said. Uh, Lionel Messi, I mean, is, you know, the thing down here in South Florida now. And um, I don't know if there's some way that he can uh, thematically get into some of the, you know, Visit Fort Lauderdale, um, uh, you know, themes or uh, you know, any of your uh, messages. So,
24: yeah.
15: Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean... That might How much cost we have to pay? a little extra more than
24: the agenda item.
15: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
24: <laughs> <laughs> he is expensive.
1: Yeah. Okay. Commissioner, Commissioner Ryan, you done? Yeah, i done. Senator Gullo, followed by Commissioner Furr.
5: Uh, I had a question earlier. don't have that any longer, but I support it, have supported it, and the reason is, as you've stated, it's being paid for by CVB dollars. You are the head of the CVB. You've done a great job at it. Um, I think that this is within your purview to reach decisions as to how the CVB should be spending dollars that are not tax dollars. These are paid for, as we all know, by the hotels and restaurants, um, primarily hotels. and. If this, in your expert opinion, if this is how you've determined it's the best way of spending these non-tax dollars, I'm OK with that. So I supported, actually gave an interview on radio yesterday saying I supported it. And I think you've done a great job. And so if this is your decision, I'll back it.
1: Thank you, Senator. Commissioner Furr? Thank you.
13: Um, yeah, I, th- I think all of us had a little bit of the same sticker price. Uh, feeling, but it is it is not coming out of general funds, so that makes a difference. My question is, I'm sure you ran this by the TDC, and I guess my I, I mentioned hearing what their thoughts were.
24: Thank you.
1: you. Unanimous. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's true, and the mayor was there.
24: Uh, we I did mention it in the TDC meeting last week. It is in the budget, so uh, for the next fiscal year, so they know that it it's there. There was no opposition to it.
13: Um, and, and it sounds like you were trying to. It sounds like you were trying to get everybody under the sun, on that float. But I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a little concerned if this is every, you know, it may get diluted if you have too much. So I, it's. I know you. are Well, you. And,
24: and Commissioner, for one of the reasons that the motion was amended is so that we can hire the the Rose Parade consultant. consultant. This is new to us. This is a first time, and there are a lot of pieces to this puzzle between now and. January 1st and, and it takes a minimum of four months to do this project and we are just at about four months. Uh, whether it's, it's negotiating with one of the three Rose, uh, Rose Parade vendors, whether it's negotiating for the artist and, and, and who that artist will ultimately be and what that artist will ultimately sing. Again, we, we are, we are, we're having a, a song um, composed, but there are so many pieces and we just don't have the bandwidth. Or the wheelhouse, or and it's not in our wheelhouse to specifically do this. So um, we have a consultant who will be guiding us to ensure that there is no dilution. I mean, there and there's so many things to feature here too. Obviously, the water is going to be a huge part, but everything from the sawgrass to the seagrass, and you know, it, it, people love alligators. Our visitors right. love to go out to the Everglades. So featuring yep. an alligator is, so yes, I get it. It's going to be bringing it not all hard, in. To on, yeah. hard to put a leash on. Hard to put a leash on. Well, not a real one.
13: <laughs> um, okay, so the, so TDC did see it. Um, I, that's that's mainly, I know Visit Florida is not helping us at all right now, right? And in, in general.
24: Well.
13: A little bit. This um, is a good.
24: We are members of Visit Florida. I know, so. We participate in some <laughs> of their. Giving you a softball. Here. Co-op programs. <laughs> yes. Um, I, already, I already said something I shouldn't have, so I'm going to just keep my mouth shut from thank, here you, Ms. <laughs> thank you on <Ms>. out. <laughs> thank you, Ms. Ritter on that. Thank you um, so much. Thank you. So, thank you. yeah. But okay. so I'm certainly happy to have that conversation.
13: But, but the you. fact is we're kind of on our own in terms of marketing. Is we, that fair to say? Yes. That,
24: thank so you, Miss Ritter. That is Ritter. a fair statement. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's fair to say.
13: So, so we have to do what we have to do in terms of bringing people here. And this is our main, our main industry. So I'm going to support it.
1: Thank you. Commissioner Free, you done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Commissioner Rogers.
4: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. My question: If you had to name two things that you would like to tell <coughs> who you are marketing to that Broward County is known for that they can't miss, what would be those two things that might go on that float?
24: Um, Commissioner, I I like to say that uh, lots of places have beautiful beaches, and we right. certainly have beautiful beaches but what makes our community special are the people who live here. The two million people who represent literally everyone under the sun who have chosen to come to our home to make a better life for themselves and their children, to live the American dream. I think that is what makes us more special than any other place on this planet. And so being able to showcase that diversity of our residents is the most important thing that we can do.
4: So you think if I stand up on the float with a cricket bat, who would I be marketing to?
24: Well, clearly, you know, the West Indies and India are huge, but cricket has become a very popular popular sport in the United States as well. So, cricket is one of those things I didn't um, I didn't mention, but you know, having a, a cricket player on on the on the float, we have professional sports here. Right. We, we should showcase. That so, but but cricket is one of those things that sh- that it, that is an asset to the diversity of this destination, because where else can you find cricket, um, and the players who play it come from all over the world, and choose to come here and spend their time here and have their experiences here because the people who live here are really special, and welcoming and warm. Okay, I'm supporting. <coughs> Got my phone. Rogers-
1: Commissioner Rogers, are you complete? I
4: don't. Know.
1: Commissioner Rogers, are you completed? I'm
4: done, Mr. Mayor. All
1: right, just, I'm just going to wind it up here. Obviously, Ms. Ritter, we headed the TDC and we talked about it, but it truly is once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So this is amazing that we have this 24 million people have eyes on us. You can't buy that kind of market. So just thank you so much. No, we are much.
2: buying. <laughs> we are buying. I still don't think you can buy
1: it for five. I don't think five million will buy, to be honest with you, do you have to at use that roses? point in time. So
13: do you have to use roses?
24: No. Oh, you don't? Can we eat Anything? She, no, no, anything organic. She's right, going to make sure it's
1: organic anything stuff. Anything that is
24: organic. There, there's any organic material. The Tournament of Roses is all about organic materials, not specifically flowers. So there all are right. a bunch of organic materials it's, that we can use. And as I said, we hope to pick, bring some that are indigenous to our community and to showcase those as well.
1: Very well. Do I hear a motion? I'll move it. Moved by Dean, Second yeah. by. Vice Mayor Rich, any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you.
24: Thank Thank you you. very
1: much. That concludes item number 87. It's brought to my attention uh, that something unique I haven't experienced yet on the dais, but there is three individuals who actually signed up for item one, which they didn't really want to sign up for, but they now want to come and thank, I think, someone for a proclamation. So I'm going to have Ms. Turville, Swinton, and Elaine, are you here? Here. Okay, can you come up as a trio, and I'm going to allow this to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what you want to speak on, but I guess it's about a proclamation, correct, to be presented yeah. this morning? Yes. Okay, very good. You have three minutes total. Go ahead.
26: Okay. Good afternoon, Mayor Fisher, Vice Mayor Nan Rich, and all District Commissioners. My name is Jesse Elaine donor relations manager for kids in distress and family central and proud parent leader of plti class of 2017. Mm-hmm. our parent leadership training institute of Broward would like to take a moment to extend our sincerest gratitude to Broward county commissioners for recognizing june 20 of 2023 as the parent leadership training institute day your support and generosity towards the PLTI program have been invaluable in helping us achieve our mission of empowering parents to become effective advocates for their children and their communities. Your proclamation provided us with an official recognition of our efforts, and we cannot thank you enough for your unwavering support. We look forward to continuing our partnership with you to enhance the quality of life for families in Broward County. We would like to recognize Vice Mayor Nan Ruish for your unconditional support as a Broward, as the board member of Kids in Distress, the parent nonprofit for Family Central Inc. And Commissioner Hazel Rogers, for attending our PLTI graduation and presenting the proclamation to the graduating class of 2023. We would like also to thank Dwight Hinson, the the executive administrator who played an important role in making sure a representative was available to attend and present the proclamations. Once again, on behalf of PLTI Broward and as a mother of two middle schoolers, I want to say thank you, gracias, for helping parents who care become parents who lead.
1: Thank you so much, we appreciate thank you. you.
26: Thank you, we would like to
4: present, I'm Crystal Swinton, the Director of Business Development and Training at Family Central, and we would like to present you all with a certificate of appreciation to the board. Thank you.
1: Very good, All righty. Any last minute words or so wisdom? Okay, okay. Um, the presentation, um, let's, Quickly just, if you'll come in front here, and we'll take a picture of the commission together, okay? You're welcome. Thank you for all you all do. Item number 88.
14: Item 88, motion A is a motion to approve sole source, sole brand designation of JBT Aerotech Corporation to provide passenger boarding bridge replacement parts at the Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood International Airport. Motion B is a motion to award open-end contract to sole source vendor JBT Aerotech Corporation for JBT passenger boarding bridge replacement parts. No member of the public has signed up to speak. (laughs)
1: Senator Geller moves it. I approve (laughs) Commissioner Geller's (laughs) approval. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you. Number 89.
14: Item number eighty-nine is a motion to ratify action taken by the county administrator on behalf of Broward County and through delegation granted by the Board of County Commissioners to award open-end contract between Broward County and Rollins Inc., doing business as Northwest Exterminating Co. LLC for pest, rodent, and termite control services at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport for the Broward County Aviation Department. No member of the public has signed up to speak. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is getting, Confirmed. I confirmed. Think Mr. Myers, this is getting out of hand once again, as you know, with these two characters.
7: I, I think just that far, but no further. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor, wasn't 89 put
1: to consent? No, it was not. It had to be removed, uh, the Tuesday morning memo, because it's an aviation department I issue. See. So it was moved by Commissioner Bogan, seconded by Senator Geller. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you. Item number 93.
14: Nine, item number 93, motion A is a motion to discuss appointment of the county's representative and alternate to the governing board of the independent legal entity known as the Solid Waste Disposal and Recyclable Materials Processing Authority of Broward County, Florida. Motion B is a motion to appoint county's representative and alternate to the governing board of the authority as a, as required pursuant to the interlocal agreement establishing the authority. No member of the public has signed up to speak.
1: Mayor. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're going to introduce the item. Commissioner Bogan. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. You know, I've spent all, so much time time on this, and um, I think that um, even though I've spent hours and days and weeks, I think Commissioner Fur should be the one
1: appointed. So no, I'd i like think to nominate Commissioner Furr. I should have you. Commissioner Furr. <laughs> so hold on. Can we do one at a time? Can we do both together?
2: Okay.
1: You were saying the
3: primary and the uh, alternate? You can do them any way you okay, want. Okay, we're
1: going to start with the, the main uh, representative, because he, he deserves his own spotlight. Okay, <laughs> and that is Commissioner Fur. It's been moved by Commissioner Bogan, and seconded by Whether Commissioner Dean. Yeah. And there's no further discussion. <laughs> all, in the fa- <laughs> all, all in favor say aye. No, aye. aye. aye, aye. aye, aye. Opposed? Aye. Motion carries 9-0. Now we're going to deal with a particular motion for an alternate uh, when it comes to that. And um, as the Mayor, obviously I can't make a motion, but I can pass the gavel. But just in general, also, I think Senator Geller would fit that mode uh, well, but I did not know if anybody else wanted to run for as I, well.
2: I move to appoint Senator Geller as the alternate.
1: The, Uh, It's been uh, moved by... I I move to appoint Commissioner Geller. (laughs) 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 Prince of Trash. Moved by Commissioner Dean, second by Commissioner Rogers. Is there any further discussion? Seeing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. 9-0 if I ask this. What was was the vote on that? 9-0. I I heard a nay, but I didn't hear it. Okay. (laughs) All right, item number 96 and 97 are going to be heard uh, together. Okay. So we can read both items, if you would.
14: Item number number 96 is a motion to discuss county attorney's office researching the legal permissibility of and in conjunction with county administration exploring options for the possible creation and implementation of a program for subsequent board consideration that could provide secured lines of credit or other forms of assistance to senior communities currently experiencing a financial crisis. Item number 97 is a motion to discuss development of a program to assist homeowners Facing financial hardship due to assessments imposed for reserves and emergency structural repairs required by recent legislation um, there's one member of the public sign up to speak for item number 96 Elaine M got okay
5: very Mr. good Mayor, we're gonna start we with bring the bring this up yes make motion uh, it's 1223 right now mm-hmm. and I'd like to move to extend as long as you think we should extend for but we're not going to finish our agenda in the next seven minutes. So. Yeah, we
1: can. Appreciate it. Let's move to second to extend the agenda. Agenda, um, Actually, at this point, until we finish our agenda uh, and yeah, move on to the closed session. Okay. Move this by uh, Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 90. Now we're back on 96 They both have been read the record. I'm going to open up to the two sponsors, obviously 96 is uh commissioner Bogan and, and of course ninety seven is Commissioner Rogers, but first we're gonna hear from Miss Elaine. Gatsis. Wow. Is it Gatsis? Gatsus. Gats- thank you so much. Why oh, didn't see you back there. I'm sorry. How are Councilor, you? Counselor, it's been a while.
27: <laughs> I've got gray hair to prove it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: been Mayor, decades. Good Vice afternoon, Council.
27: Um members of the commission I've known for decades. Um first of all thank you to Commissioner Rogers for asking me to appear today. This started because I sent to her uh, the resolution that the city of Lauder Hill adopted on this subject that appears in 96 and 97 and uh, she represents uh, the Inverary area area, which is uh, the location of many of my condominium association clients. When I started practicing law in 1980 in Broward County, representing a lot of those associations, what I would hear at a lot of meetings is, we don't need to reserve, I'm going to be dead by then, and I don't care. Um, And that started the process of kicking the can down the road all of these years. And that resulted in, in my opinion, what, happened in the tragedy of um, Surfside and, and Champlain Towers. So uh, now what I'm hearing is I can't decide whether to buy food, my prescriptions, or pay my assessments. And because of what happened in Surfside, the legislature acted and has imposed on all of the condominiums, this deadline of doing all the reserve uh, engineering and uh, no longer being able to waive most reserves. And now they're, uh, these people are faced with not only the tens of thousands of dollars the reserve studies cost, but the actual work that has to be done to put these condominiums into proper order. and. I will say that these associations aren't looking for a handout. They're looking for some help. And What the legislature did this year was add this alternate funding uh, issue and that was the basis of the city filing its resolution and it's the basis of mine coming here today. We will need some help. We have been hammered with the increases in insurance premiums, which I'm sorry, but Tallahassee did not really address, and we need help putting together a a way to borrow money that can be, of course, paid back, but done so in a fair uh, method, keeping in mind, again, a lot of people are suffering and there are going to be a lot of huge multi-million dollar expenses. We're asking for your help.
1: So you can finish up if you have any further comments. You can She's finish finished. Up. No, I'm, I'm oh, good. You, finished? Okay. you did well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. That's our only public speaker. Now I go to Commissioner Bogan for 96 followed by 97 with Commissioner Rogers. Go ahead, Commissioner Bogan.
7: So uh, taking off my commissioner hat and putting on a lawyer hat, I've been representing hundreds of condominium associations for decades and um, not only is Ms. Gatzel talking about the special assessments that these people are getting assessed with, but the insurance has not just gone up 100%, 200%, but nearly 400%. So they're seeing major assessments. You have people mm-hmm. on Social Security, fixed incomes, people who are, are, can't afford it. I'm seeing it every day. And my, my thought was a secured, something secured. We're not giving away money from taxpayers this has to be something secured so the person that can't afford to come up with 10 grand in in 60 days but they can afford to come up with a grand you know grand every 3 months maybe 4 months and so if it's a secured over a period of 5 to 10 years 7 years whatever it is it gives a little breathing room and that's what i didn't know if that and so why i think this could get done commissioner Gallagher, you were talking about could you know there's a motion to let our county attorney look into the viability if it's legal is it possible how can we get secured you know secured and so that's all I was looking for a motion to direct our county attorney's office to look into it um, and see the viability of it and again it, this what I'm looking for is some type of secured loan where we know we can't lose money and uh, but people are out there I mean, you can't imagine how many people who have lived in Broward County for decades and now can't afford to be here anymore. It's all over the place.
1: Okay. So I looked, I'd see what direction you're getting ready to go into as basically directing the train to look into.
7: Right, I'm not asking anyone here to right. let's decide today. Right. We don't have the basis to decide Correct. anything
1: today. Okay. okay. All right, hold on. You, you finished? I am. Now Commissioner okay. Rogers.
4: Then, Mm -hmm. as a realtor, I was following your column. I think I mentioned that to you before you ran. I was following you in Sun Sentinel as a realtor, challenging some of your comments. For 20 years, the condo
7: law column. It was (laughs) great sleeping material. If you couldn't fall asleep, you read my condo law column. It would
1: help you fall asleep. And most of us did, sir. (laughs) And most of us did, sir.
4: (laughs) Okay. Mr. Mayor, colleagues...
1: Uh, Mr. Rogers has a floor, yes.
4: Okay, I am in the same place with my colleague without even talking to him because I believe we need to do something. We must. And it's not as if we're talking about... When you're talking about condos, you're talking about if three people can't afford and three out of ten, right, and seven can't afford it, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? That's the question. How do we help to resolve that issue in addition to making sure, just like we do with the community development block grant program over 10 year or five year or seven years to be allowed to repay this special assessment. This is just a discussion to give um, staff an opportunity to talk to communities to see what the properties look like. I have the report here on the different condominiums but do I know what the challenges are, the income level of everyone? Do we have to go to that deep? We just have to come up with a program wherein it is secured, that we are guaranteed our funding back, but we are able to fix the problem. We're really able to, because some people will never be afford. will never be able to afford it. We have to know the income levels and the different cities, what are their challenges, in the community, and income is it. Some of those properties are currently not insured. They're owned by our seniors, yes. If there are another devastation, major hurricane or whatever, they can't even afford to fix their apartments if it gets damaged. So do you want to put them out of? I said to the presenter, Mr. Stone, and his guests that visited with me. We can sit back and do nothing and allow for folks to lose their homes, allow for banks to take over these properties like they did in 2007, 2008, and we'll have a lot of people homeless, and we would have contributed to that because we did not look at another way and other ways of helping our community, and especially most of those who live in these older homes condos are our seniors. That's the only thing they can afford. None of us can afford to buy these million dollar homes that would sell for 200,000 years ago. So we have to remember, we have to keep those um, housing opportunities affordable, and we have to make sure they are safe. And some of the faults are that of policymakers. We didn't know that we need to make sure we enforce certain rules and regulations and i can look to other reasons why we need to do this mr mayor and colleagues and this is just a conversation that will lead to a solution and that is why we're here to solve problems that will create additional problems we are telling folks to visit broward county visit (coughs) lauderdale lakes visit everywhere visit sunrise because they have the infrastructure but then we're going to have homelessness all around our cities if we allow for us not to find a solution. And they're not asking for a handout. They'll tell you that. They're asking for help. They cannot afford it.
1: Okay. Commissioner thank Rogers, you. thank you for your comments. We're going to be in with others. We're with Senator Geller, by Commissioner Furr and Commissioner Udine. Senator Geller.
5: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. First, I just want to say hi to Elaine Gatsos. Yeah, I've known her for at least 40 years back when we were both young Democrats, and <laughs> I think we're both still Democrats, but we've lost the young part. <laughs> okay, Thank in that you. case, I'm old. Um, the, uh, this is a, a very difficult situation. Let me address why and what the concern that I have is. Um, there is no good answer. Here. there just isn't and uh, this is one of the reasons the remarks from uh, former representative Rogers councilwoman Rogers now a Cap- uh, Commissioner Rogers I sorry is um, a good explanation of why the fastest rising cohort of homeless are seniors the cause of all of the issues that you raised. I'm also not sure that this is something that the county will be able to do much about, and I'll explain why. And it was great that Waterhill passed a resolution saying, you know, we're not going to do anything, but the county should pay for it. Well, you know, we get those resolutions all the time saying somebody else should pay for something. Um, and again, there isn't a good answer, and my concern is about if, if we. And I I really don't object, out of deference to my colleagues, to having uh, asking that uh, this be studied. Except I, I am concerned that this will give false hope and people will put off four months, just delay matters. When at the end of the day, we it is impossible for the county to do anything that will affect any significant number of people as I'll explain momentarily. First, let me say that the legislature knows that this is a problem. They have promised a glitch bill on that. And committee meetings are starting in 60 days or so, uh, October, uh, August, yeah, in approximately 60 days. And the session starts, I think it's January 10th. Uh, It's the Mm -hmm. second Tuesday in January. so you know, the legislature is going to take a shot at this, and the state may do something. But candidly, it's such a large problem. If the state set aside $100 million, Broward might get $9 million of it. And as I'll show you, that is a drop in the bucket. The concerns that I have on this is that the dollars here are just overwhelming. It, there are 225, excuse me, 255,000 condos in Broward, of which 225,000 are 25 years old or more.
7: No, that's not true.
5: That Those are the numbers that, if you've let, read the, the report... There's not... No, there, the, the, uh, the, if yes. I can interrupt you a second? There's no, no, you can. Okay. But, okay. But, <laughs> that's
7: not true of the number you're giving.
5: Absolutely okay, I will ask uh, Mr. Parrow if you can have... Uh, Mr. Pondo. okay. Um, these are numbers I, I got from the county, uh, and I'll, if they, if Lenny's numbers are incorrect, I apologize, you can chastise Lenny. But uh, these are the numbers that I was given by county, but the numbers sound about right to me. Um, if there are 225,000 condos in Broward that are 25 years or older, if you assume half of them are doing special assessments, and I think it's probably uh, more than that, but if you just assume that it's half of them, that's 110,000. If you do, for example, Miami-Dade put, because everybody says, oh, Miami-Dade is doing it, they put $9 million into a pot and did a $50,000 maximum loan. I'm not that good in math, but $9 million divided by 50,000 is 180 (laughs) condominium units that they can help. Let's say that we only went with 20,000 and we put 10 million in, that would be 500 condominium units that we can help out of what 110,000 or I think, I don't recall, because I knew these numbers before I saw Lenny's analysis, Uh, but according to Lenny's analysis, if we only do this for people that are living at, you know, very low income levels, and we do this in the most limited number of condos we can, it would only cost $300 million. And that's why I'm saying the problem to me seems almost insurmountable out of deference to Commissioner Bogan and Rogers. I'm okay with their motions to study it, but I, I'm, I'm afraid we'll find that it will be an insurmountable, and I'm afraid that people will put off taking action because of that. Um, I am concerned about the false hope. I am concerned The condominiums, Ms. Gatsos, I was representing Hallandale in the late 80s and 90s with that exact issue. I would tell people, stop waiving your reserves, and they would look at me and say, Sonny, I'm 78 years old, I don't buy green bananas, and let my kids worry about it in 10 years. I need a new roof in 10 years, let my kids worry about it because they'll be the ones owning it. By the way, a lot of those people who said that at 78 lived a lot longer than, than the 10 years they were thinking of. But the what we would be doing is saying, if you were making your, paying your uh, your reserves, not waiving them, thank you for doing that, but we're, we'll bail out the people that weren't, that were waiving their reserves every year, that is a little bit of an issue. The Other issue is um, in reference to giving mortgages for five years or seven or 10 years. If it's a due on sale, that's one thing. Realistically, are we going, if we loan somebody 25,000 and say you must pay it back over five years, are we going to actually evict them if they don't? Probably not. So I, I don't know that that works. The way Dade has it is they they require a $50 a month payment and then it's due on sale but again if they're not paying insurance and things like that they're not you know there may not be a due on sale payment so i am concerned i don't have an objection to studying it other than i'm concerned about false hope but it m- makes sense to do the study cuz also by that time we may know what the legislature will be doing on the glitch bill but I'm just pointing out, this is something that sounds wonderful, like we should be doing it. It's just the amount of dollars involved is so great. And by the way, we'll be taking it out of probably our affordable housing budget. I mean, if we're putting $10 million, if, if it's 50,000 a unit, which is what Miami data said, that's the same amount that we need to create a new affordable housing unit. So we're basically robbing from Peter to pay Paul on that. But if my colleagues want to study, I don't think I've ever gone against somebody who wanted to study, so I don't have a problem with that. But I wanted to point out these issues. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank
1: you, Senator Geller. Commissioner Fur.
13: Thank you. Um, this is an issue that we've—I've had a few calls, not a lot, but I've had quite a few, and and I've had to tell them over the last couple of months that right at this point, Broward doesn't have that program that Miami-Dade has. And now that I understand what Miami-Dade has, having heard okay. from Lenny, yeah, it's not anything that's going to cover by any means what is, you know. So uh, the idea of giving false hope, is, I think we have to be very careful with that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but the, but the, the liability is staggering, the, the amount of money. What, what it has made me think about is what are other possibilities and some of the other possibilities I think that we should be looking at I do think the glitch bill is one one part of it and I do know a number of representatives that are going, that are going to be asking to do extensions to extend that time I, I would think that that would probably have a somewhat of a decent chance of passing and that kind of will take let a little steam out of the kettle um, the other thing is we should be we may we I know when, when I was, was, was with Hollywood and we used numerous banks to do affordable housing projects and things like that, we asked them to use their CRA money, their Community Reinvestment Act. They have to put that money back in to the, to the community where the bank is. That's money that could be used for this. And, every, and there's lots of banks, and that may be a place where we can ask, you know, maybe put together a, a, a form of, of banks that would consider that. The other thing is, if there was ever a time that we would be, should be asking for doc stamps and money for doc stamps is right now. We never had that kind, this kind of pressure, you know, to be able to get that. We never get the money back for, of the amount of money that we put in for doc stamps, and I know it's been denied every time, every time. However, now that they've created the problem, then this may that may be one of the uh, I see a, a shaking hand over here and i don't like Broward. I know okay, but this would this wouldn't be it would it wouldn't necessarily have to be just for Broward. you could say this is a, a way to handle this problem throughout the state maybe who knows um I am concerned with what this would do with bo- our own bond rating I think that's something I don't, I don't know what that would would be, but I think it's uh the other the other thing is every every entitlement city has ship funds home funds that limited amount limited amount but perhaps to be able to be used um so you know i i think it's okay to to ask uh drew to take a look at this but i am i am reticent on doing this um because i don't think that this is necessarily the role of county government um i think it's i think it's it's almost staggering in, in terms of what it's asking for. Um, you, you've seen the numbers. I've seen the numbers. The number of condos, the numbers that are not homesteaded, or that are homesteaded, and you can do. You can kind of start to do the math in terms of how much how much money this would be, and that's that's a lot of money. So I'm I'll, I'm listening, but I, I think we're going to have to be thinking of other alternatives, and those are the ones that I, I put forth.
1: Thank you,
5: Commissioner For Commissioner Udine? Could I interrupt long uh, enough just to say that was a great idea on the CRA? I'm
6: going to, um, I'm going to be very brief because everything's been said and I know we have another meeting to get to. But I just will add a couple things. First thing is, I have no problem theoretically having Drew study this, only to the extent that he brings in the other disciplines within the county. And I think Tablack should have, and his crew should have a huge role in this because like Beam mentioned, there's way more than this. I've been getting the calls, too, from the different condo associations. And the theme that I'm getting from them is the problem is insurmountable, and Miami-Dade has this amazing program. And when I had my agenda review, I said to Monica, great, let's not reinvent the wheel. Just adopt Miami-Dade's program. Do the same exact thing they have, and we can say we're doing the same thing. But as you think about it, A, that program doesn't work. B, the program is impossible to have residents comply with. See a lot of the stuff that's being mentioned up here in a commercially reasonable, I think that's what we said in law school, scenario, it doesn't work. If these loans were okay to give, the banks would give them. Um, There's no way that you get this money paid back. I understand we have it as a lien on the property, but you don't get it because if there's a mortgage on the property, you're in second position. Mm -hmm. Second mortgages don't get paid back. So this becomes a bottomless pit of dollars. The third thing is, There's no way that Drew is the county attorney, and he could paper this up and write this up, but he's not gonna come back to us and say, you have to foreclose on Mrs. Jones who's 87 years old and owes 15,000 in her condo in Parkland, wherever it is. And so what happens is just like on the South Florida Regional Planning Council, they get some dollars through the federal government that they have in a loan program it's not the most robust profit-driven model. This, a lot of this stuff just does not get paid back and it becomes a bottomless pit. So I'm okay with looking at this, but I think really this needs to come from the state. There are so many other policy issues that are here. You're penalizing people that are doing the right thing. You're, you're actually putting the people that you're giving these loans to in as big, if not a bigger hole, because now they have another payment that they now have to make that they can't afford to make. No matter what anybody wants to say up here, that's just what it is. Um, so I'll study it, I'll, I'll let them study it, but this can't just be lawyers in Drew's office coming back, because they could lawyer this up easily. It's got to be way more. This is like, would be the type of thing that we, you know, if it gets further, we would have to have a workshop, because I have some serious questions. But I'm, I'm okay with supporting Commissioner Bogan um, on this right now.
1: Mr. Myers, you had a quick comment because I'm going to go to Vice Mayor I'll let Commissioner Bogan close and so forth, but go ahead. Yes,
3: and, and just uh, consistent with what Commissioner Eugene said, the actual motion is we're looking at the legal issues. But the legal part of this is is pretty easy. Not not that there are remedies that we never you would ever want us to exercise this is going to be driven by the the economics of it which are difficult so this is going to be administration George Tablack, Lenny etc that we'll
1: be talking to about it thank you Thank You mr. Myers vice mayor
9: yeah. well I think everything has been said but I I, I just need to say uh, I as as much as I sympathize with this and certainly I at being on the board, board, the area agency, I, I get it, with the seniors and the condos, but we are picking, if we're getting into this, we're picking winners and losers. We're picking people in our community that are not living in a condo, but maybe they're living in houses, uh, and, and they're not going to be accessible. They, can, they won't be able to have this, and to me, we can't fix this problem. Uh, I, I just really don't believe that we, as a county commission, can fix this problem. The legislature has to go back, look at some of it. Uh, I don't think we should get into a program like Miami-Dade's that really just, it, again, that's picking winners and losers. If you're putting in, you know, basically $9 million in something that needs $300 million or maybe a billion. And it's just, and, and again, I, I think our bond rating, uh, all of these things, would tell me that this is just not a place where, where we should be. Uh, and again, I, I support, I, I, it's fine to review this and to study it, but I need I just need to make sure also that we've got everybody at the table and all the financial people, because you know when you look at these numbers, and I think the numbers of the condos are pretty accurate here in this, judging by what we have from uh, Dr. Murray and uh, from our affordable housing, and when someone just brought up affordable housing, this is the last thing I have to say. We have, a, a, not as you know, not a crisis, a catastrophe in affordable housing. And if anybody thinks that we can do this and it won't take away from other things we're doing in our budget, you're you, you know, you're just way off base. It's, it will. So that's where I am. Thank,
1: thank you, Vice Mayor. And I'm going to obviously make my comments. I'll let Commissioner Rogers and Commissioner Bowen do a close here. Is Mr. Valpano here? He, on the phone? he
8: is. He's, he's right here. And I, I did want to make a comment, by I, Mike about the numbers.
1: Sure. Mr. Valpano? Mr.
8: Valpano, yes. if you'd come to the...
1: Mayor, okay. I, just want- I, I just want to obviously thank you in a short period of time for the additional material that you had given us. I mean that data, I don't know how it took long to get that data, but that is amazing that you were able to accomplish that in a short period of time that gave me an opportunity at least to start to look at it. And obviously, you have the memo to George Tablack from Jay Glover there that talks about the rating. So you you did a, a yeoman's job in a short period of time. So I just want to thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, and obviously, we're going to continue the discussion. But thank I don't you know again. how you did it, to be honest with you. Appreciate that. Thank okay. Mr. Peary, you're going to?
8: Yeah, and all I wanted to say was uh, the data on the condo units, the number of individual units, it wasn't condos, you know, associations or whatnot. It was the number, yeah, it was the number of units. Um, and that came from the property appraiser's database. So I just want to make sure I clarify that for the record.
1: Okay, very good. Then I'm going to let both Commissioner Bogan and Commissioner Rogers um, close. Commissioner Bogan first, and Commissioner Rogers, because you're 96, she's 97.
7: Not often that I put something on the agenda and listen to you guys and and realize bad idea. And and and, <laughs> and I, I it is um, with good intentions, but uh, and what I meant, Commissioner Geller, is I, I didn't believe the 255,000 units. Uh, this would apply to, I thought really in Broward County it probably applied to about 10%, 15% of those units, which is about 25,000 to 30,000 units. But still, um, I'm, I'm going to withdraw it. And not because listen, I, I'm in the trenches with these people all the time and I hear the bad stories, but this was caused by our legislature. This problem was caused by our legislature and I'm sitting here thinking how can we fix it and we can't. And um, it's too much money, and 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 I, I don't want to be foreclosing on someone's home either. I'm, I don't want to do a line of credit, and then as commissioners have all said, it's not. It, we can't solve the problem that the Republican state legislature put in, and um, I don't think it's smart to do it and i'm gonna, if you want to move forward with it i i, I don't see how we could do it it's was this a mo- it was a motion discuss only you're nice to
1: discuss. it doesn't make that's
7: sense understood. it's a waste of time because Commissioner rogers you know what we want to do i think is good for the community but it would take way too much money and then what are we going to do if someone doesn't pay we're going to foreclose on that i don't want to be for you know be you know that's the whole purpose of a secured line just foreclose and again what commissioner Udine said i mean if they have a mortgage, we're second in line, you're not going to be able to foreclose on it. And so in any case, I, I, it doesn't make sense. And I apologize. And thank you for
1: listening. No uh, problem. No problem. problem. So, Commissioner Bogan's out thank of the picture. You. Now we're going to Commissioner Rogers.
4: I'm so glad this was supposed to be a discussion. I wasn't asking um, an attorney or a realtor or someone that serves on a board to be the only solution to this problem. That's why there's a discussion and the request for this item to go to professional staff, the broader community, the housing foundations, all of that, and then have policies put in place to see how we are going to address this issue, not kick it down the road like we are saying of others. What is Broward County going to do after you have your professionals add to this discussion? I can consider myself the expert in this. I am not following what Lauder Hill did or Miami-Dade County. I'm trying to find out what Broward County can do even in policy to go to Washington and to go to Tallahassee and be more knowledgeable as we negotiate and represent the people that we do. So I am not withdrawing. I'm asking for us to allow your professional staff to do their professional job and make a recommendation to us after factoring. Becker and Polikoff, that company, is the condo kind of gurus as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Hi, and I just want to say to Elaine, thank you for being here, but this is not about Lauder Hill or Miami-Dade County. It's about, yes, if we don't do something, those buildings will be collapsing with our people in it. They will collapse. We are the ones that came up with 30 day and 30 year and 40 year and inspection. The state only added to it. It started with us. But it's Those all about
7: money. It comes down to money.
4: Yeah, I know. So it comes I'm down just, to money. I agree There's with no you. There's no money. There's not so, the
7: money. Oh, hold on. I
4: agree with you. We can find other ways to get ship funding. They are taxpayers also and they can't even qualify for hardening projects that we have. When you talk about the condominiums, you're talking about the common areas, not their individual units. So let's give this thing an opportunity to hear from the professionals and see what they might do. And that's the reason I'm asking for a discussion, not a solution here. Mayor, Today.
7: can I just interject you one Mr. second? Commissioner you did already. Yeah, wrong. It, Go ahead. Commissioner Rogers, you're talking about the common areas, but to fix the common areas, every unit is getting Mr. assessed I to know. that. I know. And, and the only way to fix it is to give them money. Otherwise, they are they can't afford it. And money is the only answer that I yeah. see. I've been around. I
4: understand. Anyway. Oh, I mean, I'm, okay. Mr. So, Mayor, that's yes. all I was asking, okay. is for professional staff to have a discussion, get other folks to be a part of that discussion. And yes, we're spending 50,000 to harden a condo. Yes, how many units are on it and how much are we gonna pay to build a a condo in this community with the prices that they are today? There's a difference. Yes, it might cost me 50,000 to harden and cost me 500,000 to build. How many can I get?
1: And I clearly understand, but I think the consensus here you see in the commission that at this point they're waiting to now see what the legislature does, et cetera. But if you want to make a motion, you're more than welcome to.
4: My motions the motion I would make mm-hmm. is for us to give professional staff an, an opportunity to look at this and come up with, help us to come up with a solution that will work for Broward County.
1: Okay, is there a second against that? I'm, I'm just going to comment on it. Is there a second?
6: Uh, Well, I may, but I don't really Uh, want to uh, because our professional staff looks at everything, if there's anything that was ever going to help somebody in the community. So I don't think we even need to second this because they are. Lenny is looking at this. Marty Cassini is looking at this in the state. If there's something that comes up, we look at it. But I think to, you know, a, a motion to come up and have professionals look at how to help people in our community. That's what we do all day long. So I, I don't think we need to have that as a motion. Okay, so That's dies, in our vision statement.
1: So the motion dies up for a second. Okay, so there. Uh, Ms. Gatsoff, she is actually waving at me. So in order for you to get me back up here, I'm going to ask you a question. So please yeah. come forward.
4: I had one for two.
1: Okay, since so you had right one way. for two, I'll let you ask the question. Okay. But the motion, of course, has, been, has failed. But go ahead.
4: I just want to say thank you also. But You're sitting here, you're hearing from your elected leaders. Now, as a private sector person, what do you think? Do you think, what do you think?
27: Thank you for asking that because that's part of what I wanted just to say. Um, I'm taking my lawyer hat off. I don't represent Lauder Hill. I'm just here. You have to remember something. This was placed on us by the legislature. Let's not go back, (laughs) Commissioner Geller, to what... People are saying and doing 50 years ago that was wrong. This is going to be the problem. If you cannot do what has been discussed, and I fully understand, but then you need to pressure the legislature.
1: We will do that. Because
27: they have pulled a stunt by giving us this December 31st, 2024 date we- that is going to be the death knell. And let me just throw something else out that I want you all to consider. You're not going to be foreclosing i am i am going to be foreclosing these folks and i hate it and it makes me sick and i do it all day long but i am going to be and i've already been told by one accountant who i'm not going to mention that they're anticipating at least 20 percent of the condos that need to be repaired for people to be walking away from where are they going to go correct so i no, I, I didn't come here to suggest that $300 million, which, by the way, I'm a taxpayer too, is going to be put into any right. si- kind of account, but is there a way for the county to be involved in with dealing with banks and saying, hey, we need you to, to, to get involved with this. We need you to maybe lower your interest rate. We need you to help.
1: That's, so, a, that's the private sector. Well, of course, we can't push the private sector, but no, obviously – would course. encourage. Commissioner Furr, but if we could do that, we, obviously we're going to do what we can, but you're right. Uh, our, our legislative priority is this, and so we are yeah. going to have that uh, pressure on legislation this coming session. Uh, Senator Geller is going to champion that for us, and, and we're going to move it from there. Very quick. Mr. Chair, I'm the uh, chairman of the
5: Urban Affairs Committee of the Florida Association of Counties, and I will make sure that this is one of the priorities that comes out of the Urban Affairs Committee to the FAC,
1: making that one of our top priorities. Thank you so much. Thank
5: you. Thank you. You. you, And
27: if I can help, I'm available.
1: You're there for us again. And by the way, thank you, Commissioner Rogers, Commissioner Bugg for bringing us forward, at least to have a healthy discussion on it, and get some data. So we appreciate you for that. Okay, that concludes our our regular agenda, the exception of 91, which will commence after we adjourn. So we're not going to go under reports. So we'll start with reports. And Commissioner Rogers, would you like to start?
4: Mr. Mayor, and let me see.
1: I call it reports, it's not agenda. It's reports. Okay, go ahead.
4: Okay. um, Just want to say that I've enjoyed my summer break. I don't know about you, and Vice Mayor, it was good representing you while you were on vacation, right? I wanted you to know that it was fun. All right, you missed out. It was real fun. Okay, District 9 continues to connect our residents to the resources here at the county that I don't know we're going to get the information out to everyone, but when I'm talking to my community, they don't know a lot of things that we do. You will see and may see in the budget a request made by me for us to look at other ways of promoting what we do. For, For me, radio works. They like to hear my trusted voice and I trust them for trusting this voice. So I educate my stuff, I go places just so that I will be better informed and better able to represent the position I hold. So I attend various, numerous economic development programs during my break and my staff will tell you they did not get any rest. So, <laughs> all right, and they're in the room and I promised them I would make sure I acknowledge the fact that they worked through the entire summer. And I do appreciate you guys. Thanks for the hard work. And that's it, Mr. Mayor. Thank you all.
1: Thank okay, Commissioner Rogers, Senator
5: Geller. Good to see everybody again. Hope everybody had a good summer break. Um, during summer I held town meetings or spoke to city commissions at every each of the five cities I represent. And on Thursday am having a I've invited to lunch the city attorneys. Uh, city managers and city commissioners and mayors from every city I represented have county staff attending including the county administrator to try and bring county government to district 5 and give all of the electeds the chance to interface with county government and that's all again good
1: to see everybody thank you Center like
13: thank you I had a gr- uh, really good break and if I started to miss anybody yes. I was able to Make sure that I saw a bogan on the on the ads on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> uh, so,
16: <laughs>
13: I don't know how you got on so many. It was like on every channel. So Wait,
16: good. I put you all around. <laughs> on. No, no, no. You all know you all yeah. Very good. It was everywhere. Well, a little flash at the end. Yeah. <laughs> for a Half second. second. Hey, the bogan nanos, The
1: nanosecond at well, the end. I'm by himself for the first fifteen. Seconds. <laughs> no,
15: Commissioner
1: so Ferg, Commissioner Ferg, go ahead. No,
12: okay. All right.
13: Um, I, th- I, th- <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I know everybody knows but just in case you didn't the uh, we I had gone to all the Commission meetings over the summer and it did pass the threshold was passed to establish the authority so um everybody has to and, and thank you for being the alternate bicep I now <laughs> there's a succession plan there good luck <laughs> um, by September 8th every city has to also do the same thing that we did today um, I did have a couple questions on I, I'm getting a, a number number of questions on animal care one of them has to do with what happens if a um, somebody wants to surrender a healthy animal let's say they have to leave can't take care of it we're saying only um, for sick or aggressive dogs so I think we need to be able to tell people what you know what is our policy on that um, you know because because some are being not, they don't know it um, I was not able to attend the workshop, but uh, I did have one thing that I wanted to bring up on it. It had to do with the temporary commuter link stop at the airport. I don't know how that's being considered, taken care of, but uh, you know I, I think um, we need to, to know where that's going. Um, I, I had a CEFTEC meeting, Southeast Florida Transportation Council meeting uh, two weeks ago one of the main issues that came up was interoperability between Palm Beach, Broward and Miami Dade. And there, and I think, uh, I know my, Palm Beach and, my, and us and us are interoperable, interoperable, but Miami Dade is not. So I guess I'm asking, um, our transportation department, how do we get there? What, you know, it's, it's been a long road of trying to get there and we're not getting there. And then, um, as a date I know but whatever we can do there and then the uh, I was at the South Florida Regional Transportation Authority better known as tri-rail and they received a 71 million dollar grant I just wanted to commend Commissioner Ryan on his uh, talk there did a great job and 71 million dollars to make all the cars look great that's that's great and then just thank all the county staff for all the hard work over the summer I appreciate you
9: thanks very good yep vice mayor Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, and I too—it's uh, good to be back, even though I have to be wearing these glasses for a little while. Uh, but I like the name. No, I nicknamed her, her, dame, I, I Nick her Jackie Onassis.
1: She's Jack. My, she's my, Jackie my, my O my now. Gave
9: me the name, I did. Right? And I have to let just let you know that some people actually saw the meeting the other day, the workshop, and called to say, you know, you really look good in your glasses. <laughs> so, you she's our Jackie. Anyway, no, I hope not. Um, I just want to say, I, my summer vacation didn't turn out quite like I thought. Uh, getting sick uh, out in California, coming back and spending three weeks with bronchitis and everything else. But uh, anyway, and meetings just went on as usual. I went back to look as, as you all were talking uh, and just found we had uh, our climate change task force met, uh, the, the homeless continuum of care met, uh, the planning council met, the Broward Youth Re-entry Coalition met. And lots of other stuff. So I just want everybody to know out there that uh, government was working and people were working and our aides were working. Uh, people the, uh, <laughs> the people that are watching on the tel- on the TV, the or politics. maybe maybe some other some other people that are watching in some other social media, whatever. Anyway, uh, uh, but it doesn't. Government doesn't stop. <laughs> uh, we, we have uh, it's a 365-day, 24 hour day job, so to speak, Uh, and I know that things pop up all the time as they do, uh, and uh, every time you go on a vacation, Monica, it appears that something happens,
2: right? (laughs) You better not go on any more
9: vacations. Please don't make me never go again. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I know, I know. But anyway, it it is good to be back and uh, working on the people's business again, especially with my mayor, who gave me a very nice nickname. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Vice. Commissioner Udine?
6: very quickly um the first thing is um i started on the children's services council we had the meetings uh i was there on i guess it was friday they all seemed board. to Children's, children's Services board. Service board yeah excuse me um yeah and and hearing the same thing on those boards that we hear on every other boards it's a lot of the similar problems that we have um and the same way it affects our seniors with homelessness and everything else it affects our children too so I look forward to bringing the county's voice to that board as your designee on the county Um, I had the chance to go to the cricket event on Saturday this was like I I compared it this was like the live golf of cricket this was like the 90 minute games that they do really fast they set up the uh, the the temporary stands in the back and I think it goes to what I said uh, at the budget meetings when we had this that that facility is not only about cricket, but to the extent that we can use that for other mm-hmm. things, the cricket plays an important role. I don't think I'd be a big cricket guy person if I had to do the whole game, but this shortened one—it uh, was New Jersey versus <laughs> North Carolina. It was really cool, and I can see what they're trying to do to try and bring more people into it. It was—it was pretty interesting. Um, so I'm gonna—I'm gonna keep following that and keep working with them to kind of see what's going on over there. Um, Also, I just want to compliment Senator Geller. The South Florida Regional Planning Council never been as interesting in doing things that has seemed to matter as much over this past two years as you've been chair. Um, and, And there's really a lot of good things that are coming down the pike that they're actually doing. When I first got on that, Full disclosure, I thought it was a waste of time. I didn't think they were doing anything. It was just the regurgitations of the same thing that we were doing over and over again, but I served because you guys all stuck me on there. Um, Now, though, I can see the last uh, couple years, there's actually real things and real things that are happening, so I think that's a good thing. And I'm just gonna close with- Thank you. Yeah, so I was mayor last year, so I'm still on the list, and the Mar- J- mayor Josh Levy invited me um, for the Mar- Mayors versus the Marley Cup, and I said, yes, I would play with Messam and the whole group. Then I realized I'm not the mayor this year, so even though I RSVP'd, yes, I'm going to have Mayor Fisher play in my stance. <laughs> I couldn't walk for two days after it, but whatever. <laughs> if you don't show up, then I'll show up. But uh, 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 Josh has the Mayor versus Marley event in the city of Hollywood. It's pretty cool, and uh, they, they, they bring a good crew out there. Thank you. Those are my comments.
1: Thank you. Immediate past Mayor. Yes,
6: <laughs> Commissioner. R- Ryan. Yes for you,
1: <laughs> Commissioner Ryan. Uh,
15: I don't know if we're exchanging uh, trade secrets here. I didn't realize uh, that Lamar Fisher is a uh, you know a soccer, not only just a soccer fan but uh, a soccer player, a soccer participant. I'm not, and I had to do it last year, so he's-
1: I am not, sir, year, a right? soccer
2: player. <laughs> but, yeah.
15: know, I am not. I will, uh, seriously, I had a couple of items. Uh, I'm glad that um, that Bean brought up the, uh, the grant funding that uh, SFRTA TriRail was able to get. And, uh, you know, all of us, uh, uh, you know, commissioners from Miami-Dade and, and Broward and Palm Beach, you know, had a few remarks, but the real uh, star of the show was uh, Congresswoman Lois Frankel. I mean, she's the one who shepherded that uh, that grant through through Congress. She's on full appropriations now, and uh, you know, I tried to give her, you know, some credit for it, and it was well deserved. There were only five grants that were. Uh, you know, dedicated to uh, railroad funding nationwide. And uh, we got one of those five and, uh, you know, in the, in the largest of the categories. So it allows us to, um, uh, to buy some new locomotives and, uh, you know, some, uh, some coaches. Uh, the next issue was is on with regard to, uh, you know, why don't we have, uh, you know, interoperability uh, with uh, our ticketing system, from our bus service to our rail service uh, throughout the, the, the uh, tri-county area, tri area, and uh, you know an effort's been made on behalf of Broward County and on behalf of Palm Beach County uh, to get this you know unified system together, but uh, Miami-Dade County has a um, a legacy vendor in in the area of. Uh, of this, uh, you know, ticketing affairs, and uh, you know, with that is it has held us up, and we're trying to overcome it with our uh, new executive director, uh, Dave Deck. Uh, you know, he's trying to break down some of these barriers, which is going to be very I- important as we try to go forward and, you know, get commuter rail on the Eastern Link, and it's you know something that we've been working on for a long time. And then on another matter, it's a little bit, um, you know. Unrelated to uh, transportation, but that is on animal care, and uh, I've had uh, a couple of people that have uh, discussed with me about uh, some of the challenges of uh, you know persons who um, have uh, stray uh, cats and dogs that they you know bring over into into animal care, and uh, you know it's try to be there's an effort to try to reunite you know, the animal with, uh, you know, the owner and the community and if it doesn't work then, you know, it can go over to, to animal care. Uh, one of the things that's been uh, requested is to try to fill the gap between uh, um, persons who uh, have the uh, financial resources to have, uh, you know, their dogs and cats uh, spayed and neutered, you know, with a private vet and, and that expense. but. Uh, I'm being uh, advised that a number of vets are not, um, you know, willing or able to to undertake, you know, a um, a program, kind of a large-scale program, to spay and neuter um, these animals. And uh, I'd like to um, have uh, Monica, if you could get with animal care folks and see if, if, you know, there seems to be a need for this. And maybe as we go into our budget discussions. You know, we can make this, you know, uh, an item at least to be discussed in the coming weeks. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Ryan. Commissioner Bogan?
7: Thank you, Mayor. Um, I'm glad uh, Commissioner fur brought up the uh, commercial. We've gotten a couple thousand people that have already applied. And um, normally, when you do a pilot project or a medical study, I was told that if you get 10 to 15 percent showing results, that's a good number. We have over 40% of all the participants having a medical issue. We've had already a couple, uh, at least one open heart surgery that I'm aware of. Many people have gotten stents where they were 90, 80, something percent blocked. So that, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, um, the numbers are astounding, incredible. And um, congratulations. By the way, that commercial, I paid for it out of my pocket. So I just want to make sure I put (laughs) your pictures on there. But I paid out of my pocket. I told you that. All right. Um, also, also you thank you. Thank display. you, and, and, and <laughs> righteously so. <laughs> By the way, this right here, folks, this right here has absolutely, with Aquafina, no PFAS. I, I sent about six bottled waters to a lab, uh, paid for it, and um, they, all, they came back with no PFAS. I don't know about that, but, all I, all, all I, but I went to, but I went to six cities and got water, and I'm, next meeting, I'm going to talk out of the about
15: toilets.
7: No, nope, not out of the, to- out of the <laughs> sinks. And so I got that. Anyway, uh, I wanted like to talk to you, you know, we got to figure out about the Northwest Pompano. I don't know if I should set up a meeting um, about uh, moving forward with that, project and maybe finding different people.
1: Yeah, we actually have a meeting set, don't we? Uh, Mabel? And we have a meeting set for the RAB? For the RAB, it's September? I thought it was, was, we moved it to the Emily Olson Center. So we have a meeting set, uh, Commissioner Bogan. What date? I am on it. I I would assume when I was called, anyway, we're going to get those dates.
8: We'll send that out. I I don't know the date off the top of my head, but we'll get that information sent to you I thought they worked with your office,
1: Commissioner, on that.
16: Yeah, I saw it, I saw it. Okay, okay.
7: Appreciate that. And uh, that's it. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you,
1: Commissioner Bogan. Thank you. Commissioner McKenzie. I
16: yield my
7: time
1: Okay, well thank you. <laughs> wow. Bless you. Um, just a just a just a couple of things. Um, I received a call at 515 yesterday afternoon from Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and she was to call Commissioner Furr as well, that uh, she fought hard to get us three point five million of the four million dollars for the Sheridan Bridge project. Uh, she was disappointed she could not get the four, and it's still almost there. I mean, we hope it's there. Uh, she had informed me when I was talking to her that she looks like we're headed to a, a shutdown in, in a, you know, September, I think it is. But, but she, she was encouraged to say that she believes that 3.5 is locked in. So, we hope to get that out of the force. So, I thanked her profusely. I know Commissioner Hershey, um, Hershey well, called you.
13: She thought it was my district. It's yes. actually Commissioner Ryan's district. Is
1: that Commissioner Ryan's district? Okay, right. very good. So, I said
13: thank you very much, Debbie. But <laughs> I'll talk so, to so, you.
1: so, it just goes to show you thank that,
13: Senator Keller for
1: that how Debbie Washington <laughs> Schultz just fights so hard for us Look all out. the time in Washington. This past weekend, I had the pleasure of joining the uh, Indian community as they celebrate their 76th India Independence Day at the Performing Arts Center. Beautiful opportunity to to celebrate their heritage. And as you remember, uh, I made a friendly wager to Chairman Clark County uh, during the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, So we'll be completing our end of the wager next meeting. It was supposed to be this meeting, but I didn't receive the jersey yet from the chairman. So he's going to get me the jersey, and then what I have to do, just prepare everybody, I have to come out and wear the jersey, and then we all have together do the quick chant, okay? I'm sorry, I committed to you all to do that, but that's what... You made uh, as, the, as the mayor,
16: I, I need the I ability know. to do so, right?
1: <laughs>
16: no. I, I need a legal opinion. I think the contract was breached. The church is supposed to be warned immediately afterwards. It's been more than 30 days. I, they forfeit that right.
1: <laughs> so uh, so we'll definitely uh, be, be doing that as well. Last but not least, congratulations to Mayor Ross from Cooper City for being named the president of Florida League of Cities. Congratulations to our film commissioner. Uh, Sandy Leiterman for being elected president of the film Florida. Big, big time. A statewide nonprofit entertainment production trade association. So good stuff for our staff. Ms. Shapiro, do you have anything to report?
8: I just want to make sure everyone got to see the uh, the very illustrative uh, document we got to send out last night, which shows the summer recess recap. So there's 17 pages of bedtime reading for you. But it really does talk about the great work that, this, Shh, that our county team um, was very very busy um, during during that, that short
3: recess you all had.
1: Thank you, Mr. Melton. Anything? Mr. Myers, anything? Just to you,
3: Mayor, for the next meeting.
1: Yes, of course. And by the way, Commissioner Bogan, it's on September nine.
13: September.
1: Uh, okay. You got September. I'm showing. Sure, I'm showing sure
2: September.
1: Okay. So my,
2: okay. Listen up.
1: We just got to make this official. We. This meeting is now adjourned. And it's one twenty. hopefully within 10 minutes we can get to room 430 for our executive session uh, of, of course, the bargaining, collective bargaining we will be discussing. So thank you. This meeting is adjourned. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back.